live from the location of the first sustained nuclear reaction comes the only movie podcast that'll talk exclusively about the sloppy Toppenheimer. It's Hollywood <laughs> Junior. <laughs> oh, very good. Uh, fun fact, the scene where they're at the football field and there's the sustained mm-hmm. nuclear reaction, that is on UChicago's campus. There's a little plaque. It's about six blocks from me right now. Where I'm sitting oh, right now. nice. So, That's very okay, cool. Good. What's your name? I'm Tyler Jake Arcara, and the J stands for J. Robert Oppenheimer. <laughs> oh, great. I'm O'Neill Henry. O stands for Oppenheimer. <laughs> Oppenheimer? Nope, nothing. And I'm Olivia Marlo Fumiani, and the F. No, I'm just feeling the Kennergy dog. I'm not. I'm just here for yeah, vibes. Yeah, we're all feeling the Kennergy today. I'm so very excited to talk about the movie event of. The, the double decade? feature event. Uh, I don't know about phenomenon. it's up there. The cinema it's phenomenon is a good one. Before we dive into that, as everyone has dove into, I want to do a new segment I like to call Delays and the Late Stage Capitalism Malaise. Woo! Um, <laughs> sure. The strike is ongoing. Colin Farrell <laughs> is on the front lines wearing docks and yeah. skinny jeans in 98 degree oh, weather in Burbank. He's just like me. <laughs> yeah. Just like me for real. He's just like me for real. <laughs> it's actually quite a sight out here because normally when you want to sort of celebrity hunt out here, you have to like go early in the morning when all the celebrities are out to brunch in Beverly Hills. But now I can just sort of do a drive by on the lot and catch all my favorite celebs. Mark Ruffalo, Buffalo, he's out you, there. You Universal even trimmed the trees so the light will be better for you to see them. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Great. Yeah. Tr- hashtag tree Jesus. law. Don't forget, Universal. Oh Take that God. fine with pride. All right. Oh, Lord. Real quick. A uh, lot of stuff's getting delayed because, yep. as some people may or may not know, now that the actors are striking, they cannot actively promote the movies that they're in. So the first one to announce it was Zendaya's threesome tennis movie challengers rest yeah. in fucking peace my yeah. movie slate for the rest of the year i was very excited for that what am i supposed to watch now anime i guess the bear again i don't know <laughs> the only thing keeping me going the only thing keeping me I've going consume barbenheimer was the thought of going to see craven the hunter <laughs> jesus Christ. oh did craven oh, actually get pushed i didn't see craven that on did get pushed. Uh, craven got pushed. that's hilarious entire slates <laughs> or so. for beyond the spider-verse yeah, beyond Genuinely the Spider-Verse, I, that, I don't that think one. that one's strike-related. I mean, it is, yeah, because they hadn't recorded, uh, according yeah, to sources, they hadn't recorded yeah. any of the lines yet. They were just working on animation. and, and so, I mean, Actually, according to one of my uh, friends, they actually hadn't even started yeah, rigging yet. Because that was supposed to so come out in they, March. So. Yeah, they, I don't there, think it I think was going to come out in March. There was no way it was coming out in 2024. They needed, uh, for Spider-Verse, I'm fine. Take your time. Some of these other ones, uh, Problemista was one I was actually yeah, super looking forward to. That was like one yeah. that I was like, oh, a new movie I haven't drama. heard about. Yeah. Uh, Yorgos Lanthimos's next film with Emma Stone, Poor Things, that got delayed two months. Mm-hmm. A bunch of big. My um, Dirty Dancing sequel. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know yeah. they were making one, and good. I, I don't need to live in a world with that now, right now. Now, did we hear about Wonka? <laughs> have we heard about Wonka? Have we heard? Have we checked back? in on Timmy? If there's a god, Wonka will be delayed, <laughs> so I don't have to watch it this holiday season. <laughs> yeah. If there's a god, they drop it on Netflix right now. Oh. <laughs> Cowards or, do I'm it. I'm sorry, Max. Do is it. it a is it a Warner Brothers joint? It's either Brothers or Universal joint. I don't believe it's a Netflix. Anyway, with that out of the way, <laughs> uh, we can Let talk us- about. Uh, well, at least we have these two movies to watch for the rest of the year. 
because yes. the, the upcoming slate is dark, guys. Yeah, it's rough out here. Dark like the first movie we're going to talk about. First, let's do the viewing experience. This is a sort of point of contention. We didn't actually get to fully do this, but I was actually the one who supplicated myself to the the true Barbenheimer versus the Oppie uh, is what I'm going to call it. So your Barbie versus Seeing Oppenheimer double feature versus Oppenheimer to Barbie. I feel like the latter is sort of the more famous one, the the one a lot more people did. And yes. then the other one is for insane people like yours truly. You saw Barbie <laughs> first? Uh-huh. Twice. On the, on the same day. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. Okay. Unfortunately, now, I couldn't swing I that saw Oppenheimer year. and Barbie on the same day with an hour and a half break between them. Okay. Olivia, you I an saw... hour and a half break and half a pack of cigarettes. I'll get into that. <laughs> So I went and saw a matinee of Oppenheimer with four other people. And then I had like a three hour gap where we went and had dinner at Guy Fieri's restaurant on the Boston oh, Common. Yes, I went to Flavortown. Bless. It was more of like oh, a taste yes. village, but you know, it's another mm-hmm. thing. We don't, this isn't a Guy Fieri's restaurant review podcast. This is, <laughs> and <laughs> then <yet>. I <laughs> saw Barbie afterwards and I was a little Barbie pink drunk for that one. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> which might have contributed to that sort of situation. But I did see both in the same day. Can we just talk about an overview of what our view- viewing experiences were? Yes, because yes. mine was also, I also saw Barbie with seven other people. Yeah. So I, I was with a large, large group. I missed the first 10 minutes of Oppenheimer. That's going to come into play Shit. later. Shit! Whoa. Shit! I didn't Dog. know. Like, the first 10 minutes important. are so good. <laughs> yeah. I missed the first 10 minutes. I have to go see this movie again. I haven't had time this week to go okay. see it again yeah. to wow. find out what happens in the first 10 minutes of the movie because we'll I didn't know it. there weren't previews. Chris didn't let previews happen on this one. Uh, so oh, I at previews. some theaters. Strangely, yeah, we did, not, we did not get a lot of previews. So oh, Was it because you saw it on film? I saw it in 70 millimeter, yes. I also saw seven it millimeter, seven millimeter, millimeter. millimeter IMAX. Just seventy millimeter. I saw it in seventy millimeter, okay. and I sat in the second Damn. row because we were late. People stole our seats, wow, so I'm looking really up Killian's Murphy. The, I you know was, you could have told them to move, right? Yeah, you but it was ten minutes into the movie, and I was oh, yeah, I, true. yeah it was yeah. ten minutes into yeah, the movie. Be like, fair. yeah, but also you're a douchebag if you steal someone's seats. You're a poacher. True, die. Well, you were ten minutes late. Yeah, you were ten minutes late. It's not like um, it was an hour in. But how would you how would you overall rate your Barbenheimer ex- or your Oppie experience? <laughs> overall, I would say that my Oppenheimer experience was pretty much what I was expecting, which okay. was just like numb acceptance <laughs> and like a little bit of rage and confusion. A lot of confusion, actually, because I'm well, again, miss I missed the first, first 10 minutes. 10 minutes. So. <laughs> I figured out most of the situation afterwards. I came in during the important parts. I, I missed his like prophetic dreams or whatever. I looked it up, but it's okay. Wait, did you miss Niels Bohr? No, By I can't. We're going to do right, sp- uh, right spoilers. In. For oh, all yes. spoil- yeah, let's put that on top. Big spoilers for this episode. I came right when Kenneth Branagh was on screen. I was like, okay, hey, I, I, I would, him. That would yeah. have been really confusing when he came back later. Is is everyone clapping because it's Kenneth Branagh? <laughs> is that yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I did, I did catch him. So, yes. Okay. So that was like, just like, oh, damn. Like, I should... I need a drink after this. And then for Barbie, I had an emotional hangover for like two days afterwards. And yeah. like, le- I literally like was like 
inconsolable for like three days afterwards like it like That's fucked fantastic. me up in ways i was not expecting so and that, the, we'll get into that and was the rest of your party as up um, and down on oppenheimer barbie three of the people that i went to see oppenheimer with did 30 milligram edibles right before we went into the theater <laughs> oh god you Jesus. guys really did. i did it i was completely sober <laughs> the way I knew nolan I had intended write, and i had to write notes you guys really said um, we're gonna take this one we're gonna do this one on hard mode <laughs> Yeah, they were like, <laughs> they were insane. At one point, I'm sitting next to someone, uh, one of my friends, and they were just looking at the bottom left-hand corner of the screen <laughs> because they were like, row. it is so overstimulating. And I just just tapped out on that one. Uh-huh. For Barbie, I was sitting in the perfect seat for her. I was right in the middle of the theater. As Greta Gerwig intended. As Greta <laughs> intended. Yes. I honestly could have watched Barbie from the second row and watched Oppenheimer from the middle. Would have been yeah, ideal. But it probably it, would have been a smart choice. But hey, That's works. what happens when you are late and have to organize a lot of people. But yes, the energy in Barbie was electric. It was fantastic. It I loved it. Too, it was yeah. very, very good. Yeah, same. We were all, all either drunk, crossed, or tipsy for Barbie. So fantastic. that's another thing. But it was great. It was yeah. fantastic. Okay. Tyler? All right, so I got to get this sort of out of the way up front because this is going to color all of my opinions on Oppenheimer in particular. Obviously, I have fears like everybody else. You know, I have anxiety about I'm moving to Los Angeles in two or three days here. Chakabra. You know, I am worried about climate change and providing for myself and my new wife. My biggest existential, my biggest non-existential <laughs> fear. My biggest, like people who are, you know, some people are scared of heights. Some people are scared of the ocean. I am afraid of nuclear holocaust. <laughs> Fantastic. That is, my, that is my. So Oppenheimer was sort of a horror movie experience. So Tyler sort of played this on hard mile as well. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if this is I don't I don't know if this is too real, but like the first month of Russia's invasion of Ukraine, I was like I, I couldn't sleep, gang. Tyler, this bottle that up because I want to say colder, baby. <laughs> I want to bottle that up, bottle that take up actually because I would like to talk about that yeah, when we'll we talk about the it. ending yeah. of Oppenheimer. Uh, we can get back, back to talk about the ending, but. Yeah, this one was an uncomfortable sit for me, and and uh, you guys both know, I you know I will occasionally partake in a cigarette, but this movie uh, is sort of in in a classic Chris Nolan fashion incepted me <laughs> into uh-huh, uh-huh. I came out of the theater shaking, and all I could think about was no wonder J. Robert Oppenheimer was a chain smoker. He died he had of tuberculosis. Cancer. Yeah, yeah. He had tuberculosis. He died of throat cancer at 62. I'm like, I need to become Tyler J. Robert Oppenheimer. <laughs> <laughs> and smoked half a pack of Marlboro Lights. Let's go, yeah, buddy! Before Barbie. Jesus yes. Christ. I didn't bring my cigarettes because I would, knew I was going to want Not to. A whole half pack. Not a whole half pack. Like, I smoked like two or three. But okay, let's talk about your rebound. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I rebounded into Barbie. Very excited for that one. I had some pizza, a couple cigarettes. I was ready to go. Just a good time. Full theater. Lots of people talking through the trailers, and I was getting a little nervous. Like the yeah, whole theater fair. was just talking. And I was like, mm. but then they, they chatty, shut up when Barbie movie. happened. Because they were women, Tyler. Yeah. Because they were <laughs> yes, women. That's why. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's the only time I'm going to play that card in a joking manner. <laughs> <laughs> I love but it. But yeah, Greta Gerwig did it again. Fucking Probably the best, Jesus one of the best Christ. working directors. Hilarious. The funniest movie I've seen in theaters in years. I mean, there yeah. was a stretch in there where I wasn't going to the theater. But <laughs> for, <laughs> for reasons. 
I, I don't want to start diving into the takes because uh, O'Neill has probably the hottest take of this. Segment. Let me do my viewing experience first. No, Let that's my yeah. thing. No, yeah. the viewing okay. experience. You, I, okay. I feel like you have a hotter hot take that I okay. simply I'll get do into not it. agree That'll with. That'll be the end of mine. Yeah. But yeah, just a great time. Got out of the theater, went home, listened to a podcast. It's great. <laughs> oh, I did also <laughs> sneak a into better. a into a maintenance closet afterwards with like seven other people just because they left the door open. So you know, okay, that's just their feeling that chaotic Barbie energy. It was, it was, yeah, it's pretty good for me. I saw Barbie first twice, and then I saw Oppenheimer. <laughs> oh, okay. So I saw Barbie opening weekend in San Diego because I was down for Comic Con and the Ooh. McElroy product live shows. So I was down there with a friend of ours, Megan Antone. We were actually planning on doing an Across the Barbieverse, but all the Across, because the, she had not seen the Across the Spider-Verse mm. film, mm. but we unfortunately could not get tickets because all of them were sold out. So go Across the Spider-Verse, still chugging along, still making going. that money. But we did manage to secure some pretty good seats for Barbie, so went and saw that and then my girlfriend wanted to see it a second time and I kind of did too so I went and saw it again with my girlfriend and then the next day went and saw Oppenheimer and guys I'm here to tell you both times I saw Barbie I wanted to do nothing but watch Oppenheimer I was I so wish I would have done the double day feature Barbie Oppenheimer true Barbenheimer fan get at me I want to feel like a man <laughs> it was I, I'm uh, like <laughs> seeing them both in one day is the most fun movie experience I've had yeah. since you and me yes. biked to the Boston Lowe's theater at 10 p.m. on yeah. Thursday night to watch Avengers Endgame when we were in college. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. and I just ride, we, after Endgame at like 2 a.m., just riding our bikes through the dead streets of Boston, losing our Talking shit. Talking mad shit all the time. Yeah, uh, it was honestly a fantastic film-going experience in both it cases. Was now, I do want to get into my hot take about the Oppenheimer viewing. Saw in 70 millimeter. I can't stand watching movies on film. I don't think I'll watch another you? movie in film. What's the I fuck don't is understand. wrong with you? Wait, wait, wait. I, I kind of, I need to know why. It's so I don't, distracting. What do you it's mean? It's so distracting. Is the it flicker, because the, the there noise, is so the, much? It's so distracting. Just give me an IMAX. Give me the laser. Give me the pristine. I just need to watch what's on the movie. I get so distracted from movies so easily. I just need to know what's going on on the screen. I can't be looking at the fucking noise. because you're on the TikToks too much. Your attention I think I was span. because I was so low on the screen that I was just like, everything is happening a lot at that's me. So fair. I didn't that's even recognize. I didn't even like realize that like that was happening. Yeah. When you're that close to the screen, it's hard to like take in the images. I was whole. really excited. Excited yes. to see a movie on film because I've never done it. But that's a lie. I did it oh. one other time, but I fell asleep okay. during the movie. But that's uh, on. Oh me. well. Okay. <laughs> it was a wonderful life. It's fine. <laughs> oh yeah, sure. I will say just on the the me seeing it as a film. I'm sure other people commiserate with this, but for some reason, my eyes specifically, like at high exposure images, the flicker of the film becomes very, very, very apparent to me. Like okay. I can see the in the the the, the drops. Um, and I don't know why this happens. I know other people deal with this. Uh, for me, I, I think sure I just, just had a bad screening because I didn't know because I, I have experienced this while watching other projected other film before okay, the okay, physical okay. action of of shifting the film as opposed to changing the laser display. I will give you that because some people like can't do 3D. So I'm going to put you in yes. with those guys just to give you uh, <laughs> sure. just to give you here's your get out of jail 3D card. OK, here's the thing. <laughs> Here's my get, it's your get out of jail 3D card, but up until around <laughs> mm, 2010, all films were projected on film. 
<laughs> it sure. was digital pro- cinema. Digital projection didn't start until the early 2010s as like, oh, slight. Cool. Thing. So I didn't know. So <laughs> you've definitely seen films on film like as a kid. Both of you have. Yeah, but I also wasn't trained to look at a what a fucking 120 hertz monitor before. So I guess my eyes just kind of changed, didn't they? I don't know. Doug. Um, all I didn't I'll say notice. about that is it was a great it was a great viewing experience. Yeah. I still had a great time. It was great visuals. Let's get into it. I want to start with this Barbenheimer versus Oppie. This is how we'll lead up our discussion. Okay. Which is the best viewing experience? I wish I had done Barbenheimer. I also wish I had done Barbenheimer. Yeah. Yes. The double featured. Wait, no, 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 We're talking about the order, Barbie and then Oppenheimer, Oppie. or Oppenheimer and then Barbie. Oppenheimer and then Barbie. I wouldn't have been able to sleep that night if I had no, Barbie I, 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 I should have done Barbie and then Oppenheimer. I truly think that I would have enjoyed Barbie then Oppenheimer because Barbie was a good come up and then Oppenheimer is a nice come down for me. But that is to, for my own very specific predilections. I would say for most moviegoers, they would want to do an oppie, as we say, a, a Oppenheimer then Barbie. I Because that was like what was recommended to me because like for me, it was supposed to be like Oppenheimer is going to be devastating. You're going to be like in an existential like pit for like, you know, whatever. And then you get like, oh, Barbie. And it was the opposite for me. I wasn't yeah. ooh Oppenheimer, but I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fair. But I, and Barbie honestly, did wreck me. As the Gen Z movie culture podcast, I would actually recommend most Gen Zers maybe try the Oppie. I think for the purposes of our discussion, we'll do Oppenheimer first, then Barbie. But I think it's an interesting thing. I will say it also does depend on your stamina for movie watching, because as we'll discuss, the last hour of Oppenheimer is a slow one. But honestly, it's, and this is something that we haven't gotten into yet. One of my favorite parts about the movie, I love political intrigue. We haven't talked oh, about yeah, this. I love too. court procedurals. I, I, I love that shit. I was I here that for shit it. Up. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when it's when the actors are that good. It's like, are you kidding yeah. me? We're they watching were Robert Downey Jr. and Alden Ehrenreich and fucking Rami Malek just go ham. Yeah. It's so good. I mean, also, f- personally for me, as the son of my mother, single mother, you know, public defender, and then now legislative aide, I love love politics and legal shit and like when it's good and when it has actual impact i love those stories all right so that was our viewing experience i do want to bring something up though i sent you i didn't mean to send you my barbie crying picture but i (laughs) sent it and neither of you said anything you heartless fucks I was so Saving I've been so pod. busy, Olivia. I've been so busy. My whole apartment uh, is packed up. I'm I, sitting on my last chair. <laughs> I'm gonna remember this for next time. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a very good pick. I did enjoy it, but I was also drowning in work. So Fair. I got called in twice. Gross. <laughs> Disgusting. Okay. All right. Here it is. Oppenheimer. I've become death, destroyer of worlds. Oppenheimer. Nolan's what film? What number film is this? God, so many. He's like Too many. 14, 15. He's yeah. made a lot. He got more a lot than in think. there. Yeah. Uh, this is the first movie since Tenet. Um, before that was Dunkirk. Which was released during the pandemic. I, I will say this. I am not a fan of Christopher Nolan movies. I'll also start with that. I Same agree. here. I liked Inception and The Dark eh. Knight, but I don't like any of his other movies or like his Dark Knight like movies. I don't like any I of have, his other movies. Here's my take on Nolan. I think when he starts uh, with the exception of Batman Begins and Dark Knight, when he's doing weird sci-fi stuff, it simply does not work. His you movies know. set in real life, I really like. I like Dunkirk. I like it. My, my favorite before Oppenheimer Nolan movie was The Prestige. 
uh, with Hugh Jackman. I haven't Jackman seen The Prestige, but I should. You, you I sh- lo- I do uh, Olivia, need. you would really like The Prestige. It's there's it's really magicians. Good. I think it's right up my alley. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, it's Hugh Jackman no, it doing magic. Good. Are you kidding me? <laughs> David Bowie's in it. And David Bowie plays Nikola Tesla. It's great. Real quick, just off the top. <laughs> yeah, how does this rank in your Christopher Nolan filmography? This is his best movie. Best movie. Top three. Yeah. What would you What would you put above this liver? Dark Knight at the top, Inception, really? and then really Oppenheimer. Yeah. See, I don't. Okay. From what I have seen, from what I have seen, mine would be yeah. I'm also Oppenheimer, not a huge Prestige, Dark Knight, and then yeah. uh, you know take I would a step do down Oppenheimer, to like Dunkirk, Memento. Yeah, I would do Oppenheimer, Dark Knight, Prestige. I think mine's. I think mine is also like engagement and like story and like when I saw it is kind sure. of influential on that. So like probably if I went back, I would reevaluate them, but still listen, this probably wouldn't be my favorite movie if I sat in the second row too. <laughs> <laughs> That's also, and it's the first 10 minutes. <laughs> uh, let's just do an overview of what this movie is and then let's get into it. Robert J. Oppenheimer is J. a Robert Oppenheimer. fuck. I fucked it up again. J. Robert. Opp- is it John? What is his first Julius. name? Julius. Julius Robert Oppenheimer is a... Let's just start with this. It's a biopic based off of a Pulitzer Prize winning novel, American Prometheus, essentially chronological... title for the movie, by the way. Yeah, it would have been... uh, I like Oppenheimer. Short, it's not so far up its own ass. It's just cliche to name a movie just the last name of the guy you're depicting. I guess for for marketing purposes. What a name, you know? Anyway, it chronicles Oppenheimer leading the Manhattan Project, what develops the atom bomb, which then is used at the end of World War II, and sort of the political fallouts of that as he reconciles what he has done to humanity. His early left-leaning politics that get him in trouble. And that's a big, big part of this movie is like the politics, like socialism, communism, and those different affiliations are like a big, big part of this movie. Not just the actual science and developing of the implosion and yeah oppenheimer is very much painted as a renaissance man a man who's interested in both politics and science uh and sort of balancing those two uh, especially towards especially in the beginning of his career and towards the end of his career when they both come and then the middle is just science what do we think guys Okay. I want to hear Olivia's opinion on this because I feel I, like if I come out of the gate too hot, off. Yeah. It, I'm going to come a little, I'm, I'm coming at this a little too film bro for someone who doesn't <laughs> like Nolan a little bit. very much. Yes, I am already getting that from the brief text interactions we've had about this, <laughs> this particular p- motion picture. So I, okay, I like this movie from a filmmaking perspective. I do have some quibbles with sound and some stuff like that, but (laughs) the stuff that I liked, I was really, really impressed with. Like, was like, whoa, like kind of like my mind was blown a little bit, but it wasn't the entire movie. I wasn't like sustained the entire time. I had issues Mm -hmm. with the pacing. I had issues with some other stuff that we'll probably get into when we talk about Barbie as well, which we've kind of alluded to. There were some, yeah, like, but like, I, I liked the end. The last, like the third act was really like where I was like in, I was like really invested in the third act. Interesting. Interesting. That's most people's experience has been the opposite of that. Yeah. Yeah. I really, I was just like, cause I know this part. I like, I was like, I'm familiar with all the stuff that happens in the third act, but the like, Uh uh-huh. I don't know. Would you put the Trinity test in the third act or at the end of the second act? Oh, that's, that's such a hard discussion because it's, it's not, technically really, a four yeah. act film. It doesn't really follow 
a traditional three act structure. Yeah, yeah. I, it does I, the Nolan an, thing I, where things fade in and out of each end. other. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But Can would we, you let's put let's it say this about structure: the second third or the third third? Would you put it in the last third or the middle third? Let's let's yeah. use this as sort of say this for the the film. Let's do pre Alamo is yeah. first act. Yes, Alamo second act. The actual Trinity test and that sort of and the the finishing of the world, the war, third act, and then the political it's, intrigue it's like, is yeah, the that's act. woven throughout. Just to use that because the bomb drops at almost exactly two hours. There's actually a line where he says, "In a minute and fifty eight seconds, we'll know." The bomb goes off at an hour fifty eight minutes into yes. the movie. Nice. Uh, yeah. Which those who are, uh, I will also just put this up top, those who are bored by political intrigue, you can leave right after the bomb drops. You don't miss a ton you don't if you're not need into do, the, yeah. that that yes. law, There's politics, like one that sort of good stuff. section that for me that yeah. was like, woo! But like, <laughs> yeah. at that point, I had figured, okay, for me, mm-hmm. I liked the third act because at that point, I had played detective. <laughs> Uh, and yes. at that point I knew what was going on in the third act uh-huh. and I was like yes I have figured out and I'm invested because yes. I figured it out myself through context clues and this is sort of the the character that Robert Downey Jr. plays yes. is actually Louis Strauss uh, yeah Louis Strauss is uh, plotting against Oppenheimer as we find out so I had to figure out who everyone was kind of afterwards but mm-hmm. um, the stuff I liked I really liked the stuff I hated I really hated but overall yeah. I like it as a technical filmmaking like it's it's a gorgeous movie I cannot deny beautiful. that this is a beautiful film yeah. but I just have some issues with Christopher Nolan's style of storytelling unfortunately is is yeah. uh, my big thing he with does it, it again but that's uh, that's where I'll leave that. Yeah, I think okay. we should dive into the stuff that we like about this movie before we go into quibbles with it. Yeah. You mentioned the f- the, f- the filmmaking and the, in particular, the cinematography and the editing. If this doesn't win Best Cinematography and Best Editing after this year, the I, Academy I mean, is there better blind. be some crazy shit. Best Best yeah. editing, I will definitely give you. There's no way it, it, anything beats it out. Cinematography, there's still some competition left in in the rest of the year. I mean, just unfortunately. I mean, there are some uh, against uh, no, uh, what's coming out that you think uh, could Napoleon. Be? Yeah, I suppose I'm of the opinion after seeing Nope last year yeah. that Hoyt and Hoytema is probably the best working cinematographer. Like I'm, yeah. I'm in. I don't care what the movie is now if he's shooting it. Yeah. I'm in. Yeah, he's just so it's so good. It's it's all none none of it is CGI. It's all just film tricks. I was looking it up. A lot of the interstitial sequences where you see like atoms colliding and stuff like that is like like they fuck with they were fucking with like the speed of the film and like striking sparks and throwing paint at the same time. In That's front of what the I camera. was obsessed. I was obsessed with all of that. Loved it. Oh, so good. That's how they were getting all that stuff. It it just just real i mean both of these movies i mean obviously barbie had a little bit of cgi but it's like both of these movies have such an affinity for and respect for like classical style practical filmmaking in a way that i was just kill i was just loving it yeah yeah. You could definitely tell that the creative pushback to the CGI sort of third act that we've seen in a lot of Marvel movies. Shit, for after instance. watching Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny yeah. as our this first episode, these movies couldn't be more fresh different. Fresh air. This was great. Yeah, truly. 
Yeah. Speaking of, uh, and Hoyt Van Hoytema, by for context, started out with like in the American world with let the let the right one in, but he's also behind Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, which I mean, as a movie, is been is a mixed reviews, but undeniable cinematography. I love Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, but I also love a quiet like spy thriller. <laughs> sure. And then went on to shoot her. And then got hooked up with Nolan and then shot Interstellar, Dunkirk, Tenet, Nope, as Tyler previously mentioned, and now Oppenheimer. I do think that the Academy will probably want to recognize him both for not nominating him for Nope and then also for uh, his incredible achievements in this film. Yeah, because he, if he gets nominated and doesn't win, he's entering like that early Deacons phase of like... <laughs> Well, Deacons got nominated, what, 13 times before he won yeah. for Blade Runner 2049, also with Ryan Gosling. <laughs> <laughs> Will it get there? It's all connected. <laughs> but He's just the famous man, Tyler. Come on. Yeah, if 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 Hoyta doesn't get nominated for this, doesn't win for this, it's it's going to start getting to, uh, it, it, I don't know. I don't know. He's, we'll, he's we'll fantastic. See. We'll see. There's, anyway. There's still competition out there. Uh, speaking of Oscar wins and nominations, I don't think there's a chance that this doesn't win Best Adapted Screenplay. I mean, oh, it's, yeah. a, it's a fantastic screenplay and a fantastic oh, story. And actually, Chris Nolan did a fantastic uh, Martin job Scorsese's writing. Killers of the Flower Moon is based on a book. That is its key competition. Oh, shit. Okay, so it'll, oh, be, it'll okay. be tough so competition, but I still think this oh, wins Oh, I forgot out. about Killers of the Flower Moon. I did oh. forget about That's another so one we'll that could win that. cinematography. I saw, a tra- a tra- I saw the first trailer I saw for that was before Oppenheimer, yes. and I was like, ooh, that looks fucking really good. It does look pretty good. Well, we might cover it on a future pod. And then editing. God, fucking Jen- Jennifer Lame, man. Eating, eating it up. She's been kind of unstoppable. She is behind Manchester by the Sea, The Meyerowitz Stories, Hereditary, Marriage Story, Tenet. That was the, the her first work with Nolan and he loved the work that he she did with that so he, she, he brought her back. She also edited Black Panther Wakanda Forever which I did not like realize and then now Oppenheimer. Yeah, uh, so so good. Fantastic editing. Do we want to just do like a quick roundup of stuff we liked before we talk about stuff we didn't like? Yeah. Uh, I'll do this real quick. Gary Oldman batting 1,000 on playing historical <laughs> figures. So weird. Kind of it took me a second figure. to realize that it was him. <laughs> Hang on. Now, I, I heard somewhere that someone, I can't remember what I, what I was watching, but someone was asked, did it take you out of the movie or did you enjoy it? And the guy said, both. And Both. I was like, yeah. yes. Was like, fuck exactly. yeah. Gary Oldman. Yeah. Hell yeah. But just like, uh, get that crab baby out of here. <laughs> Don't yeah. let that crab baby so, get here. Like eating. Yeah. Which fantastic. Like, yeah. Just in general, broad strokes, the cast on this is probably the only actual spoiler because some of the people that show up in this fucking movie. You, I had people cheering in my screening. Some I think amazing I know for cameos. what moment you mean. There are three. Too? There were three yeah. distinct moments where people showed up and, were, and people were like fucking Wait, which standing. Which I gotta think about it. I don't want to say it on Michael. We Do you want to say the characters? Afterwards. I don't remember the characters' names. Is the problem? Uh, all three were scientists. Roderick oh, from okay. uh, the Diary of a Wimpy Kid. <laughs> Was it uh, Teller? The <laughs> no, 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 no. Wait, I do. I okay. definitely. This is the only actual. I think I truly believe this is the only actual spoilable thing about Oppenheimer because it is. Yeah, the, the straight yes, story. All know. Is. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like a lot of people don't know about Oppenheimer himself, other than that he's the guy who built the bomb. You know, I don't yeah. think a lot of people knew about. Okay. You yeah. know, I would argue. Other things, real quick. One of my favorite scenes, just from a uh, from before we talk about Nolan's writing that isn't good, the scene at the first communist party he goes to with yeah. his brother, mm-hmm. where he 
talks to where he meets Gene. He talks to, uh, he kind of ignores his brother's girlfriend or fiance, mm-hmm. I guess at that point. Yeah. It is such a sort of microcosm of that character where it's like, and he's talking about, uh, why don't you join the party? They're like, why don't you just join the communist party? He's like, I don't know if I believe in it. I think about it from a theoretical perspective. His whole mind is sort of <laughs> in theory. Your fucking libertarian is showing so hard right now. I'm not saying it's a good thing or a bad thing. Wait, uh, hang on. Yes, O'Neil. No, I no, want to no. stop you right there. I'm talking yes, about okay. him. I'm not talking about him. Me. Okay, sure. I am sure, a, sure. I am a, I will go out on a limb and say I'm a strong leftist. <laughs> But I'm talking about it shows what his character sure. is. His character sure, sure, is sure. a libertarian a little bit. Yeah. With yeah, leftist a little bit. He, he organized yes. a union, which is not, he's not really libertarian. That's, no, no, that's no, not no, at all. No. But he's no, like, no, no. I'm saying he's that purely as a, as theoretical over, in yes. his mind. He wants to think about things. He's like, I think people should be mm-hmm. free to discuss this. I want to hear what people have to say. True. He kind of looks down on people who are not intellectuals clearly mm-hmm. yeah which comes back later in the robert downey jr you know thing mm-hmm. and is just sort of generally one of the themes of the movie i think is he looks down on people who are not intellectuals but also the people who are not intellectuals are the people who kept fucking things up which i found interesting but also investing in his project where it's like merit. It's, I guess it's more like, there's merit, a, it's there, like, yeah, there's I, a push and pull when it comes to his story. That is both used as a boon to his character, but also as a major character it flaw. It's, mm. it's, he was conflicted is what it is. He's conflicted and wishy-washy and it comes back to bite him in the ass throughout the film. Sure. Cause many times throughout the film, they come to him and they're like, Robert, Bob, <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oppie. Bobby. What do you what do you think Oppie. about the bomb? And he's like, oh, uh, uh, you know. very waffly. Yeah. And we get we get flashes into his sort of psyche where we see his thought processes, but it's never finite. And I uh, one of the things I did like, and I don't know if and if you guys actually caught this, but there were many times where we saw scenes repeated. Yes. The one specifically was one of his romances who's played by Florence Pugh commits suicide in his story. This is a, a pretty important part to the Oppenheimer story. And we see different iterations of it multiple times. And one of one of which you just see a quick flash of someone's hand sort of drowning her. And there are multiple instances of this where it's it, we sort of get looks into Oppenheimer's psyche about what he's thinking. And the 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 flashes and the moments that we are receiving are sort of insights into his paranoia and there's something else there. I don't know what to just dis- maybe mania? Or maybe not even mania, but there's something else there where we're we're seeing a little bit extra into the thought process behind Oppenheimer, and and Nolan does a great job of of sort of that. I want to say that's just sort of his conflictedness, right? Where you see different versions of the same thing. It's it's the bomb. It's like, yeah, I made the bomb. Am I responsible for? I didn't, you know. Sure. Ma- yeah, the, 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 the whole like it. thing is the contradictions of the man yeah. and his. You Theory know, only creation. take you so far. That's yeah. like that they yeah, say that multiple sure. times throughout the movie. So it's like, and, but he, and he's a theoretical physicist. So it's like, yeah. what happens when his theory impacts people's lives? You know, and yeah. then here he is thinking that he's on like the cutting edge of the physics, but then they're like, oh yeah, they split the atom, and he's like, it's not possible. Possible. And they're like, yeah, yeah dog, it we is. We just did it next door. <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My only other, I have, I have two things. Uh, unless you guys have a couple things, uh, the Casey Affleck cameo scene, very what good. The- Fuck! What the fuck? I was Casey like, Casey Affleck, another actor who came in like, just throwing this guy? heat. And I, yeah. and like, I was like, I again, I think Casey Affleck is a clown. I don't. 
Oh, he seems like him? not a great I don't person. Know. But uh, also, seems like a dirtbag. But yeah, he did scare the fuck out of me because I was like, yeah. what is what is Casey Affleck? He's something about I'm going to take being a commie that character out. This is insane. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I'm going to take the like character out a... and interrogate him in the Russian style. Yes. For context, uh, even Matthew Damon, who plays a general in this one, is afraid of this Casey Affleck character because Which of how so intense funny. he is. Like, he plays a character who went back to Russia to kill communists after yes. leaving Russia during the, yeah, the Bolshevik from Revolution. killing communists, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Casey Affleck plays a very, very intense scene between Oppenheimer where it is alluded that if this goes sour he could casey affleck could hunt down and kill all of oppenheimer's loved ones essentially <laughs> yeah, very good scene yeah very good scene you guys do your favorite anything else you have to say i mean we haven't talked about the trinity test if you guys want to talk about that uh, if we're being completely honest i was more impressed i i was maybe it was just my over expectations about what nolan was going to present i was more impressed with other things in the film that that's fair more so than the trinity uh, test. the trinity test is definitely like the showy scene he yes. cuts out the sound yeah. the build-up but like to make me feel tension before it goes off knowing oh what was going to happen Right, oh still impressive. God. Letting yes. Josh press the fucking button to, to, on the That's going to have to get cut, Tyler. We have to cut that. Oh, is that that's one a of the spoilers? Yes, Whatever. that's a spoiler. <laughs> but Drink. yes, there was. First Los Alamos. <laughs> it all has to get cut. Maybe not. Who knows? But yes, I, I do want to just broad strokes again. I know this is broad strokes, but the story structure is something that I really, really appreciated. And, and there is some criticism to lay here. But the fact that we jump essentially between pre, post, and during, and it sort of all leads up to the Trinity test before we go into that fourth act, really, really, it was a great story choice, in my opinion, because it, like, led up to uh, the moment that we are all waiting for, but that's why I thought the movie was honestly going to end, and I got a little political intrigue bonus movie at the end, which we'll talk about. I will say the payoff for all of those timelines coming into conjunction at the end, I liked. However... The suffering I endured in the middle, having to like be like, what? I don't know what's happening. And like, you know, there's not, it was not like, I was not like, I was just like, okay, I guess we've moved on. Like, I don't, yeah. So uh, that's just like one of my other things about it, but I will. I I, I do want to know, like, why did it not work for you? Yeah, that's what I want to hear too. I think a big part of it is I didn't know it's the first time I missed the movie. But I think the other thing <laughs> okay. is that yeah, that's what I was okay, about to say. that's gonna be a big part of that. Okay, but my I think okay, sure. but I I did eventually figure things out. But the thing is, yes. I won. There are so many fucking named characters yeah. in this yeah. movie. <laughs> and I'm supposed to keep track of all of them? Yeah, really quick, uh, I did see a funny meme about like somebody was like, they need like a uh, little bottom text, like comic book style pop ups of being like, yeah. who this person is. And what, like they would have. Excelsior, uh, reader. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Edward Teller, Edward Teller would go on to invent the H bomb. H bomb, yeah. Yes, exactly. I think taking a note from Spider Verse, Nolan might, might use that in the next movie. Yeah. So that was like a big thing is just keeping track of people and then keeping mm-hmm. track of people in the timelines. Yeah, 100%. Um, So I was able to figure out what order the timelines were in eventually, Mm -hmm. but I think that because of just the sheer number of people I had to keep track of, I was like, okay, Mm -hmm. who do I know for sure? Teller, Oppenheimer, Kitty, Jean, 
Einstein and like I was like okay there's Matt Damon we know he's here and then I was just (laughs) like these are all just and like Nichols I knew and like the cabinet aide who I was like you look familiar turns out he played Han Han Solo yeah he played Han Solo but I was like I don't know I can't tell the difference between any of these other guys. And so that's a, it was, hey, that's yeah, a great point. that was like They're a big part for me. Where it was like, you're trying to tell the complete story and you're paring down some parts and you're not paring down other parts. And I'm really mm-hmm. suffering in the middle of this movie, trying to figure out and remember who everyone is in your three hour movie, Chris. So it's yeah. like, yeah, that's where I was like really struggling with the jumping between timelines and not yeah. finishing a beat until like, a half an hour later where I've forgotten mm. already. Cause I'm trying to keep track of the timeline I'm currently in. So I know that's like Nolan's thing where he like does all this kind of like broken up time and like ties it all together at the end. Yes. I liked it in, I've liked it in some of his other movies, but I mm-hmm. do not let it's not that it doesn't necessarily work. Cause the payoff is good. I am not a fan of the, the viewer experience. I think he trusted us a little too much or he said, okay, I know what's going on. They'll figure it out. And for me, like going in, I was like, I, I don't, I didn't read the book, Chris. I don't know who all these now, people are now. Would you say that this is a uh, – because uh, I, I think Tyler and I probably share a similar opinion where it really, really worked for us in a, in a kind of special way. Would you say that this is something – this is like a buyer beware situation? I think um, so. I think okay. if you are not like a – if you're not familiar with Chris Nolan's work and you're yeah. going into Oppenheimer thinking it's going to be a regular like biopic epic or like a war movie – it, you're gonna go in and be like, "What the hell is going on? Why are there so many? Like, what? What? Do I, why do I have to keep track of this? Just mm-hmm. tell the story. I don't know. I feel yeah. like that's what, like, you know, if you're not going in for like an art film or a film that it, like is supposed I, to make you think like this, especially when you attach it to Barbie, which does most of the thinking for you. You know, mm-hmm. you're you're having like a very like your brain is like, "Whoa, okay, I got to focus." Now, yeah, it's not <laughs> that what I was the expecting. pairing is. I think that's a big thing for like the average viewer is definitely like mm. you need to kind of know that you have you have to pay attention and taking or, notes definitely alternatively helped. because i think this is what i sort of ran up against is i wasn't paying any i didn't give a flying rat's ass i knew uh what was the the i knew heisenberg and that was pretty much it i yada yada pretty much and, and einstein of course but i yeah. yada yada pretty much the rest of the names and so that wasn't really a distraction for me and i was more so focused on when we were as opposed to who they mm. were, but I can definitely see where if you were trying to pay closer attention to like who these people were, because a lot of them, I just, I'm not a huge history buff. I didn't know a lot of who these people were. I knew of some names that should have been there, but I, I, when I wasn't paying attention to that, I did find that it, I, I felt personally that the the story structure of this was something very special. And I think it's been, it's an evolution of what Nolan has been going for. I peeped into Tenet just slightly and I saw some of this. And I was, but it made no sense to me. Mind you, I was skimming, but I, I could, I definitely. You missed like, the first 10 minutes it happens. Did, everybody. You missed the first 10 minutes, and I think you kind of do get lost. And I do think it's That's honestly kind of me. true. <laughs> so uh, I, I, I think that is a fair criticism, though, that uh, if you are, if you're going into this thinking that is a standard biopic, it is not. It is far. I from have, uh, Olivia, it's, that's a great point that Oppenheimer like respects his audience in the sense of it does it like expects you to think 
like while yeah. you're watching mm-hmm. it and and but Barbie does not like both in a good way I think but yeah. it, there's definitely like a like a film bro thing where it's like yeah everything actually makes perfect sense and you have to watch it three times just to understand it like there's a couple <laughs> movies like that that I can't stand Memento is one of those movies Christopher Nolan's yeah, first movie Memento's it's like a clock and it all makes sense when you go back and watch it and I'm like yeah I but in the moment re- it was a I bad shouldn't experience I should have to rewatch yes. a movie to understand it I should be able to rewatch yes. a movie and catch stuff I missed before and do like Easter eggs and understand it more. But Um, if I leave a movie not understanding what happened for an hour and a half of it, I didn't enjoy the full experience. Now I've read, I've read American Prometheus. So I am. Okay. I I was actually going to ask. Okay. Yeah. I'm not. uh, Yeah. I'm a, this, this doesn't come up as much as my, as my other non-movie hobbies but i am i am a history person i'm a history minor i like history yeah i've read america i've read american prometheus so i was familiar with most of the stuff that was happening Mm -hmm. but i i was talking to claire afterward and i'm not sure it was made clear especially if you miss the first 10 minutes but the difference between the black and white and the color was yeah wasn't wasn't it wasn't a time shift it was a perspective shift her black and white was from robert downey jr's perspective yes yes the color was from from or rather color was from oppenheimer's perspective and everything else was was everyone else yes Yes. i did see that take and i i kind of understand that as well i mean that's what nolan has said in interviews oh there you go in in interviews he has said i i Um, think especially if you miss the first 10 minutes it is easy to not catch that yeah where the black and white is is RDJ's version of this. Yeah. Louis so I think that's story. a good kind of spot to move on from the like that sort of like structure because that's a really big part of this movie. But I yeah. think we can move on, and if we come back to it as if it yes. plays into our other talking points, let's, I think we can we can do that. So yeah, let's quickly bounce off this because I don't think yeah. I, all three of us actually have real criticisms of this. Like we, it kind of worked for us. The fourth act, the slowdown, as a lot of people have called it. We all three seems like we all enjoyed this. I liked yes? I liked the the sort of Agreed. denouement, yeah. like the post Trinity, okay. the post like I World think War Two bit. Have- I like that moment where it's like, oh, we have a bad guy and he gets kind of a comeuppance, which is just like he doesn't get. Okay, sure. He just kind of gets professionally embarrassed. It would be such a bummer. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like if it really ended with the Trinity test and like Oppenheimer hearing about the Japanese bombings over the radio and then him just being like I am become death to destroy our worlds you'd be like wow this one was a Fade real to downer. Black directed by Chris Nolan you'd be yeah. like are you I kidding? Mean, listen there is there is very valid criticism that this is two movies this is two separate movies right? Yes it this is. This is one about the political intrigue around Oppenheimer Robert or J. Could, Robert The color and the black and white could be two films. Yes. Exactly. Yep. And I do think it is a fair criticism, especially with all these fucking movies we've been getting recently that are three plus hours long, that there is a valid criticism to say, hey, make it two separate movies. All right. Okay. I will fight. <laughs> I agree that movies I'm not saying are I getting sh- too I hold long. That this one didn't feel too long to me. I don't this think this one, one was too I long. Will, I will give it this. It mm-hmm. was breakneck from beginning to that to that slowdown. It uh, did yes. not stop. It did not let up for here's, anything. Here's an example. I uh, Before this movie, before Oppenheimer, I watched Oliver Stone's JFK, which oh, uh, is sort of oh, in the same boys. vein. It's, yeah. it's about the a JFK conspiracy set in New Orleans. There's a lot of Foghorn, Leghorn, New Orleans accents. Really good movie. But there's a, a lot of scenes that are just fucking really boring and are not yeah. interesting where his wife is like you care about jfk more than me and it's like okay he's uncovering a mystery about the deep state like sure 
and you but you know what I mean? Where there's like, there are long movies where there are scenes where you're like, you could cut this. I have no idea what the fuck you would cut from this movie. Well, there is an argument, Tyler, that it should have ended at the Manhattan test. Like the film was leading up to that moment and it should have ended at that moment as opposed to then dragging on my, I mean, I'll say this part of my viewing experience. My girlfriend fell asleep. Uh, during the political thing. And this isn't just my girlfriend. Uh, my friend's girlfriend, who also saw this, also fell asleep during this. And I think my friend also, like, dozed off a bit. I, there is there is valid yeah, criticism sure. to saying that the paces tonally, uh, both, you know, story and tonally, just completely s- separate. And you're getting you're right. two separate experiences people, people that do have an issue people with it. aren't absolutely in before. Right. Yeah. It, yeah. it didn't affect me. And I think without that ending... Because it, it's... I feel like the movie is didn't want to like Nolan came into this and clearly didn't want it to just be like, wow, what was the guy like who made the atomic bomb? It yeah. was so like, I wanted to explore how it affected the politics, how it yeah. affected the politics, how the politics affected him, how he, you know, mm-hmm. like it's, it's meant to be more of a deep dive into his psyche than it is just a retelling. From what I understand, life. that's the yeah. meteor part of American Pr- Prometheus yeah, is the politics. the politics. Yeah. Yes. There's a whole thing about the politics and like getting the isotopes in New Jersey and how they failed initially. Yeah. Like there's uh, hundreds yeah. of pages that are in entirely left out of this movie like you know the marble thing where he's throwing marbles in the glasses to represent there are like half the book is about that (laughs) just enriching uranium and plutonium so i I do actually have tyler i do actually have something about that about what was cut but that's sort of on my soapbox at the end i do want to plug through this really quickly can olivia and i get on our soapbox about how nolan hates the american family women and babies i'll just hang on i'm just going (laughs) to my mic for a second yeah, yeah, please t- take a step by. Olivia, you want to lead this charge? Because God damn. Yes, as the proud owner of a vagina, I feel that I can <laughs> properly. Well, no, okay. So I knew going into this that Chris Nolan doesn't respect the full identities of women. I won't say that he doesn't respect women, but he sure, doesn't respect we'll telling their story. So, no. okay. Again, this movie is rated R. A lot of the dings for it are because of like full frontal nudity or like Mm -hmm. like extended nudity of Mm -hmm. just Florence Pugh's chest. And while I'm sure that Oppenheimer slinging dong, I why don't we see Oppenheimer Killian Murphy has hung hog full frontal on screen before. I want to see Killian Murphy slinging dong. It's okay. No. <laughs> no, okay. So, okay. So, again, you have a lot of nudity from her. And again, Jean and Oppenheimer are initially in in real life, they were 10 years apart. Florence Pugh and Killian Murphy mm-hmm. are full 20 years apart in age. So, yeah. Ew. But okay, so you have all of this like extended like, you know, all these like shots of her ch- like her chest and like her yeah. and it's like it, it kind of felt like okay now you're just giving service to people who do not deserve it um like you're you're <laughs> yeah, doing this, this for <laughs> something else you just like looking well, at I, her tits chris definitely that and i mean there's also like just more like there are K- more Kitty's interesting things to be focusing on until a Kitty monologue at the end which uh, i liked then- which i liked but I, yeah, think I did get the monologue, character, but, but the the heart the the very tactile and very hard thing for me is every scene with a baby in it. It's screaming. 
nonstop. Like that babies can't be happy. I mean, he has this in yeah. other movies too. Like this is a very this is where a he's just like oh, with women. Chain, babies, women and exactly. babies. You know, it's a just like thousand percent. Take my son. My wife and I can't handle him. Like I was like. That Whoa. happened though. That Whoa. happened though. I know. In real I know. Life. I know. But like, but Chris was like, "Oh, perfect." But the thing <laughs> yes. is, okay, there was no pushback from a metatextual standpoint. The Fair. nudity worked once, in my opinion. I can't yes. even begin to explain how fucked up it is that the first time he reads "I Am Become Death Destroy of Worlds" <laughs> is when it's in his when he's getting the sloppy top and right so when he's getting dumb. the slut. It's where so I'm like. They cut those scenes in like India and like places where like Sanskrit was like a like you know uh, yeah, yeah so yeah, like yeah. for good reason because it's so unnecessary so it's very gratuitous. I I don't think it was necessary for most of the movie I will say it works once and when it worked for me it worked for me when they are in the security hearing yes and Kitty is hearing about the last time that he saw Gene. And this mm-hmm. is like inter yeah, inter kind of cut with him her like yeah. finding him. They kind of flash back to that yeah. um, after he finds out that she dies. And Florence Pugh is in his lap while they're talking Both of about them are it. Naked. And, and yes, and Kitty is like looking at her. That's when it worked for me. You could have done uh-huh. the entire movie with none of the like the anything that I Honestly, feel like if you had saved it would have worked just that better. moment, it would have slam dunked. I would have been like, okay, yes. I can get down with that. Because you have this like very buttoned up government program, government funding, the intellectual, and now he's being just like this and raw it's, human he's being. being exposed. Yes, and being exposed with, and the, his wife is now like, okay, I see your fucking bullshit. You play, a, yeah. you talk a big game, but here you are, and you're naked, and I can see you, and now all of these guys know. So fuck. And you. now the yes, exactly. Yeah. All right, Tyler, say your thing, and then we do need to move on. I will not argue with much of that. The one, the uh, one thing I'll actually push back on is Florence Pugh's almost thirty. Like yeah, it's a twenty year difference, but Florence Pugh's still. Yes, yes, okay, I know. Sure. I'm not I gonna know. say. Okay. I'm not gonna take away her agency okay. and like she anyway. knew what she yeah. was getting into. But uh, I yes, just she's, I a, still, she's an actress, a performer. Yes, actors are gonna do that. It's been yeah, it's been gone. It's been done forever. Yeah. But I still am not a huge fan of that, especially when it's not reciprocated on the other side of that. You know, sure. If you're gonna see some tits, I want to see some dogs. And like, I'm with you. Gene is a very powerful character, but. Again, in in terms of the acting perspective, it's just that the power dynamic is shifted because even though she might hold in a scene the character's power, she as an yeah. actress is at a disadvantage because of the sort of setup there. So I would like to see what like this sort of intimacy coordinator situation was on that set, but like you know, because I'm sure they would have had to do a lot of work on it. But so uh, that's those are my main sort of quibbles about the yeah, women my, thing of it. I have another one, but you do your thing. Hang on, first. give me give me my one more. My this is this is more of a jokey take. There aren't enough sex scenes in movies movies anymore i think we've swung too far the other way where now there's like no sex scenes in any movies when in like the 90s it was in every fucking movie there yeah. was a sex scene I, yeah. there's a happy medium in there understandable have, tyler you know, but you know again I mean? tyler if we're talking about greatest impact again it would have been I, great no, i would have held that until the you. end you're right that you're right blown because when i boards. saw that i'm pretty sure my jaw dropped because i was like oh my god like it's it was so yeah. good it's definitely a strong criticism. Yeah. Yes. So no, I'll moving on, on to Kitty. She kind of, again, this is like the history. She was an alcoholic and she did 
like she, you know, did the parent thing, very reluctant kind of situation. Go, you know, you know, once you have kids, you're like, okay, maybe I'm not cut out for this. And it, you know, gets more difficult with, you know, career and life and it, you know, whatever. And the, the, they sort of get into it. And like, I don't have kids. I'm not going to get into it. But they really held out with her because like she definitely has like that, like she has like that, like I'm going to like she will bite you kind of yeah. thing. And you really see the teeth at the end where she like kind of like goes into the security clearance she meeting. She gets one win. She gets her one win and it's a really good win. You really yes. get to see like while she might like resent him and like hate him at times, especially throughout the entire Los Alamos like process, she's mm-hmm. like she she sees the vision. She sees yeah. And she like is on his side when because she she saw she knew him the entire time. She was probably his closest confidant, but they don't really let her play that role until that point. So I was a really big fan of that monologue and Emily Blunt really good in that. But I will say that was a really strong moment for her. Just to put a cap on it, I think, uh, yeah. just in general, Chris Nolan still has work to do when it comes to women, yes, fam- family, children. Because you uh, had but- one woman chemist who you gave <laughs> and, a name and to. And the funniest one- scene in the movie. Yeah. I, they told me that I that I was going to be a typist. And then he's like, and? And she's like, they didn't teach that at Harvard. top Harvard yeah. at the, the <laughs> smartest yeah. school in the world. Yeah. <laughs> so, but like, the thing is, um, you're in. Again, all of these fucking scientists who have names, that woman that the, he picked out, there were five, there were like five plus women on that team. And he was just yeah. like, nah, fuck them. We don't need them. All these other guys can yep. be here. But like, yep. you know, that's true. One yeah, woman he didn't get combine yeah. a lot of characters. He combined all the women. <laughs> all the women into yep. one woman. Yep. Yeah. Nolan. Get your shit together when it comes. He really to did play into the like children, the mother, the siren, and like the like the extra. Like those are the three yeah. roles that the women play in this movie. So yeah, let's talk about my, the final final ending of the. Or do you want me to get on my soapbox really quick about just? While I mean, we're here, I, we're while getting, we're on our while soapboxes, we're, while we're on this, while we're on the soapbox, I will say we are running very long on Oppenheimer. So we yeah, it's gonna on. be a long so, one. We need to talk about the the. Uh, timeline. I, I have soapboxes for both of these. Which one do you want first? Wait, for Barbie and Oppenheimer? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, I mean, I, just, well, let's, yeah, let's we're talk talking about, about Oppenheimer. Do Oppenheimer yeah, first. Do Oppenheimer. Just go, go ahead. No, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Do we want to talk about the ending first? Let's talk about the ending. Yeah, yeah the, let's talk about the, the ending the, first. The nuclear, the nuclear holocaust ending. This movie. That's in his head. I That's think. in yeah. his head. Yeah, but like, do you know how it's in color. It's from his perspective. How do we would make a bomb that would destroy the world? And I think we did. That was good. I, I really like that sort of like, oh shit, these are the consequences of my actions beyond just that. But like, that's the it's point also, of the movie, right? Like Oppenheimer died at six in 1962, like yeah. height of the cold war. I, I think he died like right after the Cuban missile crisis. Like he died thinking the world was going to explode because of his creation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think the button on the film that kind of just hit the last hammer of the nail. One of yeah, the thoughts know. I had before they jumped into his like whole like lobbying for like arms security and like regulation is yeah. when he they're like really pushing at him, whether at like the end of the security clearance hearing and the light starts to flood into the room and like that's the yeah. whole thing. And like the room starts his to visions shake. of a nuclear and, and explosion. In my head, I just go, he thinks he's the bomb. <laughs> That's actually a great read on the movie, Olivia. Yeah. That is hilarious. Not that, because in my that head, right, initially it was, he's the bomb. Not in like, he's the which, bomb, but like, he no, is the I bomb. Like, in but a like, certain way. He in a, thinks he is the bomb. 
in yeah. in a in a certain way, like we were joking about Gary Oldman as Truman earlier. He's like, "Get that crab baby out of here!" But it, uh, at the same hand, like Matt Damon says it at one point, where he's like, "We just gave him the hand; they play the cards." Yeah, you know, it's like he didn't make the decision. He didn't ultimately, you know, decide. decide. To drop the bomb. He, he argued but against. But still, it. he did decide still, to development for the potential exactly. of using it as a weapon. He knew what he was getting into, and at the point of the war that they were in, maybe he didn't think they were going to drop it on Germany. I know that was the intention, but like he still knew that they were there like, was, we put a lot of money into this. We're probably going to use it to end this war. The the thing is, I feel like that they didn't talk about it enough, which partly because Killian Murphy is not. Jewish, which we can talk about. He's not yeah. Jewish and he's playing a yes. Jewish scientist. He decided to join this a lot because he was Jewish and a lot of that the is scientists one thing were you Jewish. Miss at the, the first that's, 10 minutes there, Liver. Uh, that's a pretty pointed part where yeah. he thought he was making the bomb specifically to, to fight the Nazis. To fight yeah. the Nazis. And at, it got to a certain point where they found out that. Like, there's the one scene where they're like, you know, the war in Europe is over. Like, Japan will surrender soon. Yeah, and Hitler's he's like, dead, yeah. And he mm-hmm. sort of has his moment with the, you know. I just, I think that there needed to be maybe one more moment of that earlier on, maybe. Played. I don't know. They had the whole meeting with all the scientists. I do want to pivot really quick. I know we're going long on Oppenheimer. Uh, I want to talk more so about the, uh, the, the, the sort of, again, I, I'm saying the word meta text a lot. I didn't come up with a better word. The story outside the story for the ending. This film was written during the pandemic, during yes. the height of the pandemic. No one's yes. gone on record about talking about this. This feels like a COVID story. And I have a personal held belief that I thought the ending was a little schlocky. And that it's not going to age well as we get further and further away from the pandemic. I know that nuclear holocaust will always be a sort of anxiety, especially for Americans. Um, But there is a sort of doom and gloom that I felt walking out. Tyler, we talked. This is what I wanted to circle back to is, Tyler, you talked about like your anxieties around the Ukraine, uh, uh, the the Ukraine invasion. Um, uh, I had very similar anxieties when that came to it. I remember actually, (laughs) I don't remember if we were on a call together, but I remember it was during still lockdown uh, at college. uh, And I remember drinking myself into a stupor thinking that, God damn it, here we go again, another global conflict that we have to deal with. But I I don't know about you two, but I personally have sort of distanced myself from that. I feel like we have grown. And as a Gen Z people, I feel like the Gen Z identity is these massive world events happen and we just kind of keep on pushing. And like our country has inserts itself into these foreign conflicts where they shouldn't be. So, so. yeah. So I don't know. I'm not even talking about I'm talking more existential. Okay. okay. The, the, The thought of a world ending event it something about the way nolan ends the film feels old to me doesn't feel forward looking in a sense that it says it it reads the anxiety and maybe it's just a display of his own anxieties uh that's a very fair read of it but it displays some anxieties that i feel like we hold but i don't think will age appropriately it's very dr strange love that's for sure um, sure i i don't know i feel like like i said it's just it's just the button on his, I don't think the movie that that's my that's what I found interesting about the movie is I don't feel like Oppenheimer was making any grand statements on nuclear war. No, or I don't think about he was doing that the use of the nukes, about whether it works. It was dialed in very specifically on this guy and his internal conflict, and that's 
I thought it was very interesting that they wanted to leave the movie on at the end of his life. This guy thought he was he just he was the one responsible for destroying the world. But I, I and maybe I'm reading this wrong, but I, I towards the beginning of our conversation, I felt like you had you, Tyler, specifically had a, a sort of existential uh, issue with the ending of. the. Oh, film. I didn't have an existential it- issue with it. It just it just fucking freaked me out because I have a fear. <laughs> okay. of, I have a fear of nuclear holocaust. I watched. I think I was like 16 and I was freaking out about nuke. I, I was thinking, I don't know. I, I got myself worked into an anxiety stupor. So I've watched like everything I could about nukes. There's, there's this movie from the eighties called threads, uh, that is a made for the BBC movie. That is like the most accurate, uh, accurate depiction of nuclear oh, I've war. I've also seen this. It is oh, yes. Jesus. deeply disturbing and it scared me. Yeah. F- it scarred me for life. <laughs> My thing is, I went into this because until this year, 2023, I did not know a lot about the nuclear fallout after the bombings in Japan and like radiation sickness. And then like, I don't know. It was just like, was not something that like my education, like touched on or focused on necessarily. Um, You know, in, you know, suburban Connecticut that, you know, there were some stuff where they were really good about it, but that was not one of them. Um, But Mm -hmm. like learning about like the cultural impacts and stuff like that. And like, so the reason I got into this is because the official reporter for the Manhattan Project was a Pulitzer winner who had his Pulitzer revoked because the Department of uh, Defense uh, made him like fudge some of his writing or like enhance Ah. some of his writing. The thing is, he graduated from Boston University Law School where I work. So I was like, whoa, that's crazy. And then just sort of went into the whole thing, learned about all the different planes and all the different like what's it called. And now like I'm kind of obsessed with the scale. I think that's like, Because, like, for me, I'm like, oh, we only drop them on one place at a time. And I don't think my brain can actually wrap around the, like, the, like, multiple at once, if that makes any Mm -hmm. sense. I think that's why I'm not, like, actively afraid or panicking about it. I'm not saying it's Mm -hmm. not something to be worried about. It is. But my brain cannot wrap around, like, I'm like, (laughs) you say weapons of mass destruction. And I'm like, yeah, big bomb. Make big boom kill a lot of people it's like trying to it's it's a billion like people can't picture a billion exactly that's what it's like for me a little bit okay yeah i i do want to pivot just real quick to to wrap oppenheimer unless anybody has any other things i do have just one thing about what nolan didn't include and this is a a sort of thing i'm going to harp on for both movies because both movies are incredibly white and there were when the first when the casting first came out for this movie i was it first peaked my sort of radar there were Black scientists who worked on the Manhattan Project. Now, fair counterpoint, before I get into my point, there were no black scientists on the Alamo Project. But there were black scientists both in the Chicago base and one of the most notable ones, one of which I did actually like high school project on about black controversial figures, William Jacob Knox Jr., who created the process in which we create isotopes. Like he was one of the founding scientists and he was a black man, one of the founding scientists who created and was like instrumental to the Manhattan Project. The the marbles dropping into the the glass, that's like a part of his, that was his process that he was demarcating with the marbles dropping into the glasses, like the the developments in which that that was happening. Yeah. Yeah. And. I'm not saying that he needed to be casted. I don't. I'm not saying that we needed to flash forward to Columbia and seeing the scientists come up with this process. But 
in a film where we name drop this spunky little junior senator, Robert That was JFK. I'll give you that one. I was like, oh, That, that gave God. me big, like, Dark Knight Rises where he's like, what's <laughs> yes. your given name? Robin. Robin. Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> but I wish we would have gotten, and maybe, maybe it is in there. Maybe I missed it. I was trying to pay. I was listening for it, and I definitely didn't catch it. Also, Nolan, we're going to give you the fucking electric shock every time you fucking decide to turn that music up over dialogue. Oh, that didn't That's a bother me thing. at all. I didn't it bothered that at me all. So It bad bothered the movie. fuck out of me. Learn how to mix your films for a regular theater, Chris. Please. And, yeah. Please. I also you. saw it I'll in a Dolby you, cinema. So. Yeah, okay, I did not well, see go. it in Atmo Cinema. Yeah, no. But, you know, I will fuck give off. him the sound pre and during Trinity. The rest of the movie... Fix your fix your yeah, mix. Fix it, please. But all that to say is like I know that there is some controversy and like talks around like why would you want black people represented in something so bad? Because we're a part of history too, and I think yeah. not including sure. those voices is super. Yes. Is it's just dismissive because this is going to be in a historical account that people you know realize with this historic moment. But with that, <laughs> ending on the bummer that Oppenheimer did. We're let's we're going to take to- a metaphorical hour and a half to smoke a pack of cigarettes and, <laughs> and, and uh, head on over to the beautiful glorious amazing uh, mind-blowing world it's like i've been in a dream Barbie. where i was really invested <laughs> in the Zack snyder cut of justice league <laughs> Guys, I I know I know we're gonna get into it. I couldn't believe when they said that line. This Dude, is a Warner Brothers and, movie. I know yes. it's that so and funny. the Godfather was thing blew screaming. my mind. I was lo- It's the funniest jokes I've seen in a theater in a every, long time. Every joke hit in in my theater pretty much. Yeah, yeah. It was like some of them like were like eh, but like the, yeah, the ones that hit were like holy shit. Like people were just yelling. Like they were just like like howling. Yeah, it was excellent. Yes. Uh, and it's been so long since I've seen a comedy. This has been I tried to go see funny, No Hard yeah. Feelings, yeah. which was the Jennifer Lawrence rom com. Yeah. And I missed that window to see it in a full theater. So I kind of just miss it. But seeing a comedy in theaters, people slapping each other on the backs and patting their knees and shouting in laughter, just so great. It was so, so, good. so, so great. It was so good. Where do we want to yeah, start? I don't with even this? know where to start. Olivia, take, I think you should take this one away. Take the oh, wheel. This is your shit. Okay, not gonna. It's literally the the fruit is hanging so so low, yeah. and I'm not <laughs> yeah, gonna do Tyler, it. I don't know. About I'm that. not gonna do it. Are you seeing? Are you seeing how much I'm working? Okay, so we have a freaking bangering, just like crew on this. The whole creative team mm-hmm. on this is bangering. Um, you want to tell what the audience what it's about? Yeah, they've so, probably seen it, but yes, as you should. As evidenced by the box office, they've as seen it. As you should. Yeah. So I finished my I love Barbie juice, but I'm I'm still on it. So the movie essentially, you open on the advent of Barbie, the invention of Barbie in the late 50s, early 60s, and her sort of revolutionizing that essentially with the general idea that Barbie is going to fix feminism forever. So that's yep. the kind of story that they're playing with that's sort of like everything is mm-hmm. just a little bit heightened there's a little of hyperbole and like it's called so okay so we open in barbie land with stereotypical barbie played by the electric margot robbie we introduce her world barbie land as it is we get introduced to the kens you know alan and midge and all these guys and we get to see the perfect world and then 
Barbie's feet go flat. And so she has to journey to the real world to find the little girl who no longer believes in Barbie and basically get her to fix her stuff so she can go back to her perfect world and how it is she and Ken journey to the real world where they run into Mattel and basically <laughs> interact yeah. with the, the real world. Uh, they go back to Barbie land. Ken brings the patriarchy and everything falls to shit. <laughs> <laughs> Which I did not see that turn coming in the no, movie. No, they so did a good. really good job kind of like cloaking that with the with the yeah. trailer. So in the end, they turn the Kens against each other and in like an okay way. I don't know. And it's they fun. and it's the, the Barbies get their the the Barbies get Barbie Land back and a general acceptance of like, oh, what's fair? What's not fair? How can we accept? And Barbie learns to like feel things and like know that like you age and your body changes and like that's being a woman. So mm -hmm. this really movie does really focus on the joys and sorrows of being a woman. And it's a really interesting experience. So it's insanely funny. It made me cry four times. I broke my all time cry record in theater on a first watch. And yeah, it's, it's excellent. It is, it is one of the better movies I've seen in many, many years. Yeah. Tyler, any opening notes on your part? Wow, Olivia, I don't think I'm quite as high on this as as, as you are, and I, I don't. And you know, listen, this one's this one's not for me, gang. I know, I know that's yeah, fair. And this I'm one's happy. not for I you. want more movies. <laughs> I want more movies. And now, don't get me wrong, I enjoyed it. I love this movie. I loved that this movie had uh, maybe not an equal, but it also had an interest in men. It, this is not just uh, contrary to Chuds Online. This is not just a <laughs> men suck women movie. Like th this movie has an interest in like positive masculinity and how the patriarchy of negatively affects both men and women. Exactly. Right? That I really appreciated. This movie's co-written by a man. Uh, Noah Baumbach co-wrote this movie yes. with Greta Gerwig. Yep. Yep. They're partners. You can tell there's a few like I feel like there's some references <laughs> they, in there that are clearly written poison, by Noah. Yeah. Poison tipped with the accuracy sometimes. <laughs> it's kind of the <laughs> guitar it, scenes. Honestly, <laughs> the guitar scenes. Can I oh, play Jesus. guitar at you? <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Uh, honestly, I, I don't mean to say this to be actually mean this as a praise. I have never felt more emasculated yes. than watching Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> when I say I wanted to go see Oppenheimer, that was partly to sort of reclaim my masculinity that I have. And Oppenheimer feel. is a very uh, masculine movie. Yes. And uh, to, to sort of like get control of that back because it is so pointed and Greta does such a great job of sort of deconstructing, but also like pointing fun at the sides of, of perfect womenhood too. what yeah. Barbie represents commercially, right? To, to, to women and girls and people who choose to identify with Barbie that like, you have to be perfect. You have to be the perfect woman and you have to be the president and you have to be a scientist. And it, it she does a great job of picking essentially all the sides of, of this story. And it's yeah. just a beautiful thing. And also we talked about this at the top, but fuck me, the practical filmmaking of this is it's so, so incredible. Good. I, so uh, the good. production designer and the set decorator, Sarah Greenwood and Katie Spencer, who have worked together a lot. They work together uh, extensively, but they did Pride and Prejudice 2005, ah, uh -huh. which is a beautiful <laughs> movie. It's one of my favorites. That's like and one of my a like hilarious call to that. Yes. Uh, That's the thing. Is, I, the, the other BBC, the, the BBC <laughs> yeah. one is very good. Uh -huh. As 
many poison barbs there are at the bed. There are a few for the women out there. Yes. Yeah. Where they go, we know you watch Pride and Prejudice all the fucking time when you're sad. Fuck you. You know exactly what you're doing. So, so good. You know, Darkest Hour, Anna Karenina, Sherlock Holmes, both British actors, but the, the, I just, the set on the cul-de-sac of Barbie land. I, I literally, house. I have never wanted to crawl into a, t- a screen so badly in my entire yeah. life and just run buck wild and just open every door and see what was going on behind every single thing on that set. It must've been insane and so much fun on that set. Oh, absolutely. Before we start dissecting this movie, I do want to ask you two, my two co-hosts, this question. When is Universal opening Barbie Land? Because it's got to be coming, right? It's got to be soon, but it'll be interesting to see how Mattel works with its other properties that are being developed Mm -hmm. for the screen. Because it might not be a Barbie land. It might be like a kind of toy land situation. Mattel land. Okay, Yeah, something like that. It might be something more like that. But Barbie could kind of hold her own. Oh my God. God. Wait a second. Hold on. (laughs) Just because Mattel has like 13 projects, 13 like properties currently like in development for films. So it's like, it'll be interesting to see how they profit off of those or see how Mm -hmm. they sort of market themselves because they've been kind of in a downturn. This is going to be a huge boost for Barbie. Ever since the first trailers came out, their sales have gone up in like an insane amount. I bought a Barbie two weeks ago. Oh, wow. It's working. Yeah. (laughs) They got you. And we'll we'll get Before I even saw the movie. So yeah, we'll get into the sort of like the capitalism of it all kind of bit of it. Yeah. So do we um, want to dive in with some of the craft in this movie? Because it's just it's so abundant. So God damn good. Yeah, let's go into craft and then we can get into our favorite bits and then we can kind of dig into the what's it called. Okay, so Because I feel like there's more points to talk about, I guess, with this movie that are a little bit more dynamic yes. than just like, you know, because, yeah. Just so. It moves a lot faster. It goes a lot of different places. Yes, a lot of different places. This this movie moves, moves, moves. This is yes, not yes. your three-hour-long uh, dramatic romp. There is no hour-long political thriller. This is a movie about Barbie and about the real world and about the patriarchy and, God damn it, about horses. Horses! <laughs> <laughs> I've never felt more seen than when Ken goes into the library and he looks at Barbie and I got an elbow from Claire from from this line where he's like, hey, Barbie, I'm going to go to the library. I need to find a book about trucks. (laughs) (laughs) Truly, truly, truly. Let's talk about that scene, first of all, before we hop into like some of the the specific craft things. The the scene where Ken discovers... The patriarchy. <laughs> what a fantastic scene. It goes from so Century good. City. Such a good deep cut LA pole. <laughs> LA deep cut. That is where the that is where patriarchy spawns. That is where everything comes from. It's it's where CAA, the talent agency, is managed, which is just a big slew of big old I'm bros. Sure that lobby is meant to be CAA's lobby, but I might be is wrong. Is it supposed to be that tracks? Yeah. It but kind of looks like I, it. I mean, what's the line? I found out that the real world is run by men and horses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he discovers, you know, men, Reaganism, economy, all this stuff. Horses. That montage uh, was brilliant. Montage. I forgot it's, about it's the Reagan thing. Oh, my God. The, the that's so and and, and, and yes. counter-montaged with Barbie discovering what 
life is like. And the the scene, th- that counterpoint to the scene on the bench with the women where she goes, you're beautiful. And Margot Robbie lets out a single tear and the woman goes, I know, I know it. That's the set designer. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, really? Yes, yes. she was a, she was a, yeah. So, okay, the thing is, they were going to cut that section of that scene where she's asking about the old, she tells the old woman she's beautiful. And this is like stuff stuff that I have seen, but also stuff that I have like, you know, these are my own thoughts, but they're similar to Mm -hmm. stuff that other people have said because, you know, so, so they were worried about the pacing of that scene, especially because it kind of has the frenetic energy of Ken doing his Mm -hmm. patriarchy discovery, ayahuasca kind of situation going on over there. And so basically what Greta Gerwig said was that, yeah, we could cut it, but then what's the movie about? You know, that's mm-hmm. kind of the moment where you shift. The shift kind of really sets in with yeah, this movie. Really focuses. And like, that's when I, that's the first time I cried in this movie. That's ding, ding, ding. Yeah. That's number one. <laughs> bing, 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 Just bing, bing. because here it is. Here's Barbie. It's the second time when you surrounded saw Surrounded by... God, God, I was told about Mr. John Cena four minutes before the movie started. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? So yeah, I I knew he was coming. I did not know where, but so. I didn't mean to get us off track. Totally fair. (laughs) But so basically like here's Barbie who only sees mm -hmm. fake bodies, perfect women, perfect young women. And here's a Mm -hmm. woman who has gone through aging and yet Barbie can still say, oh shit, the reality of aging and your body changing over time isn't less valuable. It is still beautiful, even though she's never seen an old woman before. And like, I think was, that is, that's the point of them. That's, that is, that's and that the is the moment where she becomes human. Yeah, that's what the, I, the I beginning sort of, of, yeah. The thesis of the movie is presented in that way. Yeah. And to that point, uh, before, uh, well, let's after this I say we get into crafts unless anybody else has anything specific but uh, Greta Gerwig in general has such a great grasp on the hot and cold of what makes a movie go right because every movie has is supposed to have up and down but she has uh, every there's supposed to be win-lose win-lose is is sort of how we were taught in Mm -hmm. BU writing especially our writing courses but she has a specific grasp on not just like win-lose but hot and cold that's literally what I was thinking in my head we're like mm -hmm. The cold is falling, the heat is rising, but they're fueling just, each other. Yes, yeah, exactly. So and it just good. continues to to cycle through and, and propel this it's, movie. It's less forward. of an up and down and more of a cycle kind of thing. That's yes. just kind of how it feels. Women podcast, but little the the fact that little women is one of the like best paced and most exciting mm, movies so I saw that so year good. is so insane. Good. Like, listen, I listen. I love a classic book. A lot of those books are paced incredibly slow. Very bad. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. So I'm right there with you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Greta, fantastic. And the Uh, cut-ins that they do are so good and so funny. The cutaways. So funny. I was not expecting them. And they're all depressed Barbie. Mojo Mojo Dojo Dojo, Casa Casa House. House. All of those are just so, even like the opening, when they do the 2001 A Space Odyssey yeah. kind of like Dawn of Man yes, thing. that it's opening all, scene is so, so incredible. Like, yeah, you're like, oh shit, what's happening right now? But then you're like, uh, it's immediately funny. You immediately yes. get the bit. It's so good. It's so well done. I can't- Immediately oh. entertaining too. Yeah. And that's sort of my, if we're going to start comparing Oppenheimer and Barbie, Opp- Barbie just has a knowing want and desire to endlessly entertain you. Yes. Even if it's not, you know, 
hitting spot on. There is something about it just like presenting, 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 presenting. Greta Gerwig has, you know, ties to the theater as well. And I think this shows where she is, you know, constantly putting on a show, sometimes to the detriment to the actual plot, but still like making sure you're having a great time. Let's talk about the soundtrack because that's the opening song to this by Lizzo. Lizzo! so fantastic. I listened to it, it the has, entire time. I have just been listening to the album the entire day oh, leading yeah. up for this. It, it's <laughs> this a fantastic recording. album. So the, that track specifically, the opening track is not produced by the main sort of soundtrack producer, but it is a fantastic song that sort of outlines not necessarily the thesis. What would you call this? The, 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 the vibe it's, of it's, the it's like Yeah, it's the establishing of not only the world, the energy, the vibe, like just like how the character, it really does a lot of different things where it is a, because you have like mm-hmm. Helen Mirren as the narrator, which I thought was an interesting choice to have a narrator in this movie, but you kind of have like, great. yeah, it's great. <laughs> I, I have no delivered like, by the narrator. Yeah. It's so good. Uh, note to the producers of the movie, <laughs> yeah, the makers of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think that this is like, this is like a kind of, it's like almost like, um, the spine a thesis, of, of in a way. the first yeah. 10 minutes of the movie where it's yes. actually not even a spine. It's like the train track where it's like, we're going to see everything and I'm going to, I'm going to lead you through it. Hold my hand. I'm Lizzo. Take it. I'm going to, I'm going to show Listen, you Barbie world. When people are like, what, when you saw the trailers for this movie, you're like, what in the hell is this movie even going to be? Like, what is the yes. plot of this movie? Yeah, exactly. And to immediately understand, Oh, I'm in Barbie land. It's adjacent to the regular world. Yeah. Uh, everything's, you know, toys here perfect. and it's not real and perfect. There's no, no water, like, no and, food. To it's just all, understand. Yeah. There's, I have no yeah. questions. You know, yeah. I'm in. Yeah. Answered and we're in it. Exactly. Uh, the other thing I do want to outline with this song specifically is it does sh- encapsulate Greta Gerwig's complete understanding of the 90s. P-I-N and then K to be cool. And then in the reprise, cool. P-A-N-K and K to be death. She hits, she, my favorite millennial. I don't care about any of the other ones. Sorry, sis, sorry, history. Sorry, my wow. sister, history. How, wow, wow. <laughs> crazy <laughs> thing to do Jordan feel like that. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Jordan. I don't know what to say, man. You're not really, he's not really doing millennial things, to be fair. He's got other things sure. going on. He's, he's, sure. he's advanced. The he's song evolving. choices, the song choices, the uh, fucking closer to fine and, and, and push by <laughs> Matchbox 20. So yes. good. So, so all of funny. these. Not uh, not those two actually, but uh, uh, dance the night away, which is the oh. disco dance oh, scene, fantastic. Yeah. Man, I am, which is sort Sam of a montage Smith. song, yeah, which is a Sam Smith song. I'm just Ken, which this is a, a manner of Muppet song. Yes, this yeah. is this is definitely going to be that. This is going to be that part I've of had the, it stuck the culture. In my head since I saw this movie, I yeah, truly sing it absolutely. Word for word. And then the <laughs> ending, "What Was I Made For?" Which tears, just tears flowing, flowing, flowing. But all those were produced by Mark Ronson of Uptown Funk fame, which is he so made. Good. So he made fucking. Uh, uh, God damn it, my brain stopped working it's so late. I'm just Ken is a bit. He played bit. it for Greta Gerwig really? as like a joke. Oh, wow. And she was like, oh, put I gotta put this in the movie with put the dream in the ballet. Movie. Yeah. That's fantastic. Wow. Because like, yeah. I don't, I didn't catch it when I was watching the movie, but like now that I've listened back to it, like, can you feel the energy? Can-? And like, I was like, I completely missed it when I was watching yeah. the movie that it was so good listening to it afterwards. That's the, the dancing, the, the fucking choreography. The chore- there's so much Ken choreography in this movie. It's great. 
There was also a fart opera, or was it a burping opera that was cut from this? That was yeah, also a part of this. That yeah. Greta Gerwig apparently thought was very funny. Give me the Gerwig cut. Give me the Greta cut. Give me the three-hour three cut, cut of Barbie. <laughs> this is such a swing for you, Neil, considering Greta Gerwig's early writing and directing. I know, Lady Bird. So, well, pre-Lady Bird. Lady uh, Bird is not Antoinette. her first feature. No, not her first directorial. Her actual director, she co-directed a movie called Nights and Weekends, which is a mumblecore oh, movie. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, but you, you got to start here's the thing. somewhere. Here's the thing, and this is honestly where I can see millennial filmmakers going, because mumblecore was a very strong, centralized... I mean, it's... It, I'm not going to get into the film history yeah, of it, but it's it's it's, it's sort of overtook the 2010s, I would say. The like bubblegum movies that were coming yes. out. And I can see Barbie as an evolution of that where it gets commercialized, but it has the soul. It of has integrity. Cores. Yeah. Yes. And I think that's where that ultimately develops and belongs. I think it, I think it works here because yeah. the, the, the park bench scene specifically is like a good example of that working because it needs it right it's it's not the whole movie but when we get it it's sort of a breath of fresh air yeah i will say when i i a couple days before i saw the barbie movie the what was i made for uh music video came out i watched it mm -hmm. once and was in tears and just like it i knew i was like oh because i i saw i was starting to see stuff after the premiere and they were like hey this isn't a great movie for people with mommy issues and i was like yeah Say ah. more. And then I saw this music and I was like, oh shit, this is yeah. what it's going to do to me? Great. So I was kind of going <laughs> into it like, oh my God, this is going to be tough for everybody who sort of goes through this. Mm. But yeah, no. So it's like really, especially with like Sasha, and we'll get into that. But the fact that they like made like a theme for it and played it earlier in the film before really yes. like dropping it at the, the end. And like, because I heard it and I was like, whoa. Mm -hmm. And like, that was a big part of that like old woman scene. But like, that mm -hmm. was like so masterfully done that that was kind of like a like a leading like line through that was very good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it, it's it's this whole film and let's get into production design next. Yeah, but this whole film is master crafts people just on their A game. Doing their best and crushing yeah, 100%. it. hundred percent. Production design. I don't know if we need to say a lot about this other than they fucking made the Barbie world and it's so good. They ran out of pink. <laughs> they ran. Yeah, they, they they literally sold their their distributor ran out of pink for this movie. So good. And so it it's just like works. it yeah, works. And it works. And I felt like I was in the Barbie movie, and then I felt like I was in Venice Beach because we were at Venice Beach, and then yeah. we were back in the 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 Barbie movie. And I don't know if there's much more to say about it other than top tier going to win an on. Yes. Definitely yes. for production design. Yeah. yeah, going to win an Oscar for production. So with that, let's pivot to performances and then maybe get start picking it apart yeah. a bit. All, uh, so I, I heard about this actually on the Big Picture podcast, but all of the uh, Barbies and Kens went through, what is it called, Bar body body posing? Yes, so they did a lot of like, um, yeah, it's like almost like, it's like a re- training of how you move your body yes, with the joints. It's, it's, like it's a movement study, is, I think is what, yes, it's, what it's Yes, there you go. Yes. Sorry. Body movement training to feel like them. And every single Barbie and Ken was on their A-game. Even their reactions to things was so Barbie-like and so Ken-like. It was like doll, I mean doll-like, right? Yeah. The, the the movements and they're like somebody gets hit with a ball and they go like whoa and they like move with their it's just, the, yeah. it's it's a course on character training and like yeah. what you actually Initially have to do when they were doing body. camera tests, apparently they were all doing like paddle hands. Uh-huh. 
And they eventually yeah. decided not to do that because it's no, just no, no, not no, no, sustainable. No. And like you'd have someone on Cramp. like uh, your script yeah. supervisor would be sh- the, the continuity person would <laughs> yeah, be losing would their minds. <laughs> yeah. There was a person who was on continuity. They were like, Kate McKinnon never broke. Dua Lipa sucked at it. Um, but like, oh, so they, no. they, they did like do a lot of rehearsals with these paddle hands. So that's like ingrained. Once you are start moving like that, that like really is like a really, it really brings you into it where you can be like, yes. okay, these aren't people yet. And then when yes, you get exactly. towards the end with Barbie where you're like, oh, she's moving like a person, you know? So, you know, mm-hmm. boom, yeah. Yeah, she softens up. America Ferreira, which I want to just talk about briefly, but then also Ariana Greenblatt, who is our Gen Z rep. How do we feel about our own so Gen good. Z rep? I was very pleased with this. Mm-hmm. I was not expecting, I knew that there was going to be a like Barbie call out moment. Yes. Yes. This is a Greta Gerwig did build this as a movie for people who love Barbie and a people who hate Barbie. Barbie. And I think both were. And it was fucking hilarious. And especially the aftermath. Like I, I had, I don't control the trains (laughs) or the flow of commerce. Like I was like, that's, that's going to be a very good one. But it's like, you know, we were like, okay, so, you know, we have these older generations of women who grow up with Barbie and, you know, mm-hmm. you have the, like, influence of, like, oh, yes. there was less, like, there was less, like, focus on what these images were doing to, like, self-esteem and body image and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then, like, we very much got the, like, they're trying to control how you feel about your body, Vogue, the Photoshop uh-huh. yes. movement and, like, all this other we stuff. We got it. And so we were basically, like, oh, do you know who looks like all of these supermodels? Barbie. Barbie is the cause of all of this. Yeah. Therefore, we can assign blame to Barbie. But the thing yeah. is, now that I'm an adult, it's mm-hmm. not Barbie's fault. And like we they kind it's, of touch on this, but it's like it's not Barbie's fault. It's the patriarchy's fault that made people that made people want to make women look like that and exactly. then perpetuate that for, you know. 60 years it's really interesting because my mom barbie came out in 59 my mom was born in 61 she was one of the first generations of little girls to play with barbie so it's been mm-hmm. really interesting talking with her about that before she's actually see seen that she has not seen it yet oh man are you gonna go see it with her no okay. i i i don't know because the thing is apparently like the reaction for a lot of it is that like a lot of older women do not like this movie. They do not like Barbie because it is a millennials movie. It is. But the thing is like, it's less like, cause it's a millennials movie. I think mm-hmm. the jokiness is kind of what turns a lot of people off with that. Okay. But it's, it's not really everyone. Yeah. It's so okay. it's like, you I, my know, mom has not seen it yet. So the thing is like, some people are taking it like, yeah, it's kind of like what you were saying earlier. Like Claire was like, yeah, it sucks being a woman. I know that. Well, you know, <laughs> yeah, like you didn't, podcast, you didn't need, yeah. oh, but you said it, but like, I don't need to do that. Like I, you don't need to tell me how it sucks to be a woman. And like, they're kind of like embittered by just like reality. And like, it isn't like yeah. a fun romp for them. It's just a sad reflection of like the state mm-hmm. in which they like went through girlhood and womanhood. So it'll that be interesting fair. to see how she thinks about the movie when you know, she she does eventually see it. Once she sees it, I would consider watching it with her. But I think they need to be let it, what's called in isolation before we can have yeah. a conversation before, during, and after. Yeah. yeah. With that, if we're talking about the older perspective, let's talk about America Ferrera real quick. Yeah. She gives an amazing, amazing, amazing performance here. Where do we want to, do we want to pick any I specific have, I, moment to I like let it quibbles? shine? Can I start my quibbles here? Good sure. speech, Tyler. great speech. Let's 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 let Tyler's man. Let's let Tyler have his patriarchy moment. <laughs> wee, 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 the 
misogynist alarm, misogynist alarm. Woo, <laughs> mansplaining incoming. <laughs> Great yeah. speech, good performance. It's just my, my one thing with the speech is I'm like, did you just want to read it yourself, Greta? Or did you want to just come out, just come out from behind the camera and read it yourself? Mm. You know, it's uh, like very I, clearly I, like, hey, here's the point of the movie. And you're like, yes. cool. Yeah, I, but the I thing will is, say that is, it's also a movie for kids. So like, who the fuck am I to, you know, it's like, it's, yeah. it, it is a movie that like you were mentioning earlier, Libby, like it is a movie that tells you what it's about, not, yeah. not like Oppenheimer where it like wants you to think about what it's about. Like obviously both in a good way, but yeah, yeah. Olivia, what what is your take on that speech? The because it, for is, me, it I, was slow. It was a little long, but I think mm-hmm. it it had its sort of lo- like it ends, and you're like, okay, I know where we're at. But I was kind of initially like, this is really hitting the nail on the head, really, really hard. And like they do this a couple times throughout the movie, but yes. like I think this is a good monologue. You don't get a lot of good monologues in a in a comedy movie, That's especially true. like one of these. This is like when like. When the comedian like butters you up with jokes in the first half and then is like, ha 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 ha, that's like that new, the new kind of 2020s, yeah. late yes, sort yes, of comedian yes, yes. style. But the thing is, I think it is not a bad thing to repeat it. I don't think that's that fair. it is, because like, yeah, we're like, again, we are like women and people who are socialized and raised as girls are. Those are the things they have to deal with internally all the time, whether or not they talk about it or not. And like, mm-hmm. that's part of the the plot of this where it's like, once it is vocalized by someone else, other women start to recognize it. That's when the Barbies get shaken out of their patriarchy trance. Like, yeah. once it is vocalized, I think that's like, okay, oh, here's the key. We're going to talk about it. And that's what's going to, that's what's going to. You know, like if you think about, I'm not going to get too much into like the feminist literature part of things, but like if you think about the feminine mystique, everyone starts reading this book, everyone starts talking about it, boom, second wave feminism. Like, and I think as a movie that is polling so high, as a movie that's polling so high in the South and the Midwest, Mm -hmm. in places that kind of need this, hitting the nail on the head, I don't think is a bad thing. No, because people are going to go see it. Young girls, young women are going to go see it. They are going to talk about it. And they are going to talk about it. And they are yes. going to make this conversation. One thing I did read about as sort of the second wave box office, second weekend box office hit, yeah. one big trend in China was women pay- taking their boyfriends and partners to the movie as yes. like a red flag indicator. And if they didn't like the movie, they would dump them right <laughs> after outside I the movie it. theater. Let's go. It's, Here's the boyfriend dumping it, zone. Exactly. <laughs> so I, I, it, it makes sense and it tracks. I, for me, the pacing of it was a little bit slow, but then I, you know, I've, I've seen the movie twice now. It does set up the montage that we yes. get that we collect all the bodies I, at the end. I'm I'm 100% with you guys that conceptually it works and it works for the scene and and it is a movie that hits the nail on the head. It is a movie that is technically for young women and you know doesn't need to be you know, deep and mysterious in certain parts. I, I, but it, it, for me, it just went on a little long. And at a certain yeah, point no. I was like, okay, yeah, I, I can we move on with the plot? <laughs> like, yeah. But yes, I, I'm with it, you. It was you saw from like a viewer's paced. perspective, like, okay. Yeah, like, from just from like a like, pacing yeah. perspective where I was just yes. like, yeah. Okay. Where you're like, you have it, one more You got it. Yeah, you got it. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about one more thing that doesn't work very well. Will Ferrell in this movie. Call me mother. I don't want to do that. Why? I don't. Question. What are we doing? Yes. I have a question for you. Yes. The Chekhov's, che- Chekhov's weird Barbie box. What were they going to do with her after she went into the box? 
what was going to happen. It's never yeah. explained and it never Are comes up again. They really back? dropped that plot point. Are they I don't I think that was I think that was anti the point. I think that was a, well, her? Yeah, Tyler, there know. is a there is a sort of meta reading of this is where they were putting her back in the box, quote unquote yes, unquote unquote. But in yeah. the story it in the world shows up, they were probably gonna ship her mean? back to Barbie Land. But like as okay. those like twist ties are tightening, you back. see her she's starting to like forget. I don't think they can carry the box around with them. She was in the lion's den. The lion's den. So they were like, "Oh, cool, just get deeper into the den." But now she's but out. After and they she can't, went back yeah. to Barbie Land, why did they go to Barbie Land? Because they still needed to. They like, need to get the humans they, out of Barbie Land. They needed to get the humans uh, out of Barbie right, Land, and okay. they needed to address the Ken situation. I will yeah. say, and the, the here's, the here's my biggest problem with the Mattel thing. They have no impact on the plot. No, no, you none. could cut them out entirely. They're just sort of around to make jokes, and it's really that is bad. the problem with it. And, and it the is jokes clearly tacked on to be meta in like a look at we're we're look at Mattel. We can joke about ourselves, and it's like yeah. I really wish that was not in this. Or, yeah, or that's, a lesser this is where in it this. It got a little too silly. Barbed. It got a little too silly. Yeah. Is for yeah, that me is at this one point. point actually the 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 construction of the film was Barbie goes from the real the the Barbie world into the real world. Why do we then bounce into this like faux Will Ferrell world that's not yeah, real, like but not thing. not real? Uh, that I I just didn't. It made kind of. Uh, I, did anybody like, have a better read on this than the thing is okay? Just so kind of Mattel is, trying to play funny at themselves. Playing a character, right? Obviously, they're all actors. They're playing a character. Will Ferrell yeah. is playing himself playing a character playing a character he is like extremely sure. affected in like the way I mean, that he like carries the character where it's mm -hmm. like you're very much being the clown right now and we have a lot of other comedy going on that we don't yes. need this like almost like jar jar binks like comic <laughs> relief if that you makes any that, sense, that is Ken very is true. already the a, comic relief. Yeah, you don't need. You Will don't Ferrell. need Will Ferrell. Call me mother. I don't want to do that. Why was it necessary? I will no, say I did think it was very funny when they had corporate roller skates on. I will say that, that was, was very funny. good. They're, look, they, yeah. uh, their, the, their the, Joker the, hit the rate was long just bike. Yeah, yeah. I, I will also say uh, this is sort of my uh, to me, me personally. Will Ferrell is a controversial actor. Yeah, I don't like Will Ferrell in comedies unless the world is the comedy right if, if will ferrell Anchorman, fits in that world stranger Anchorman. stranger uh, stranger than fiction What's the is one of better movies. i learned recently stranger than fiction. uh talladega nights is christopher nolan's favorite favorite comedy, comedy. yep yeah, that's it tracks it still tracks you, it all tracks it all makes sense <laughs> it comes around full circle on a podcast yeah. they're like really and he goes yeah if you ain't first you're last and i'm like <laughs> god damn it god damn good. it it all tracks all i'll say for this is that will ferrell the weakest the movie. Yes, I, think that's I would say, say that is. I think yeah. you would agree with that. I think it, it reminded me. Uh, Greta Gerwig did such a good job of making me forget that I was watching like a branded product movie. Yeah. And anytime yeah. Will Ferrell came on, I'm like, oh, oh I'm right. partaking in capitalism. Yeah. And the I'm, other I'm, part of this is being sold the, to. the consumerist machine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. As a Gen Z podcast, it feels so millennial. It does. It is very like, whoa, we're all, we're all so random. Oh my God, we're being <laughs> consumed by capitalism. Lol, there's nothing we can do about it. And Gen Z's like, reclaim the means of production under any circumstances. <laughs> and it's just like, oh my God, the world's ending. There's nothing we can do. Adulting is so hard. And we're just like, take it. Take it. It's right take there. It all. Burn it down. You see those bricks? 
glass I did, breaks. I, I you know? love the union positivity in Oppenheimer. There's yes, like, yeah, big sure, fan of that. Sure, yeah. I will say one of my favorite lines in the movie, which again, just because like delivery and I wasn't expecting it was in the conference room of Mattel where he's like, I'm a woman without any power. I'm a man without any power. Am I a woman? (laughs) Does that make me a woman? And just the entire, the entire audience on my screening was just like, it was very (laughs) good. good. It's very good. Shout out to all of the actors from the TV show, sex education being in this for some reason. So good. Big rap. A lot of familiar faces. Yes. Um, so, Last performer I want to highlight, if, if we want to highlight other performers. But Mr. Gosling. God f- Mr. Oh, Gosling and his good work. Oh, okay, sure. Yeah, we can no. talk about Ryan Gosling. He carried. He did a very good job. Kind He's, of a scene, I, a scene stealer, but I'll say he was he was very good in this I one. I didn't feel that. I don't know why people are saying that. I felt Margot Robbie won every scene that they were in together. She won every it's scene, just, listen, but it's he just was that like, Ken has the best lines. Yeah, they really? made they made him I didn't like feel that at all. They were kind I of felt bounced, very but like schlocky. yeah, they like really like slathered it on with Ken, and that's why they're like it's like Ken is the focus of this scene. We're doing silly patriarchy stuff right now, and I feel like that's like sure. kind of why I think that's why I got that kind of okay. thing, that's and fair. like the I am Kenuff sweatshirt at the end is funny, but not necessary. Like you know, yeah, he, but so. he gets so the musical it's, number, you know, yeah, he gets he the does. musical number. Uh, Barbie yeah. got a musical number at the beginning. Let's not, you yes, know. Sure. Oh, she, she didn't sing though. I do want to highlight my favorite performance in the entire thing: Rhea Perlman playing <laughs> Ruth Handler. What a I fantastic saw her and immediately started weeping because I knew exactly yep. who she was, exactly yep. what she was doing there. And I went, this woman's going to make me cry. And then she did yep. within and mm, she made- four seconds. Yeah. And a fantastic performance. There's two. She only really is in like three scenes. The yeah. the first scene the when they're in Mattel in the kitchen and then in the, the ending two scenes. But she gives such a performance so that good. I hearkened her performance to my favorite performance ever, Dustin Hoffman, Miss Regorum's Wonder Emporium. Let's get out here. Rhea Perlman, eight, left no crumbs. <laughs> Magical, whimsy, comedy. Like, uh, 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 <sighs> She's such a like great stage actor as well and like mm-hmm. has such range with like the drama mm-hmm. and comedy can really do anything and mm-hmm. i didn't know she was in this particular motion picture until mm-hmm. i saw her name in the opening credits and i went this woman's gonna do something to me <laughs> and i'm did. not ready for it but her performance specifically hits on something that i hold very near and dear to my heart which is extraordinary yes. she feels so grounded that it makes a hundred percent sense that why she is the person to transform barbie into a human being yeah. it's it, it i i honestly do believe like how mr mcgorham wonder emporium has inspired me to go and make films and to go it is my favorite film of all time I do believe that this will be somebody very important's favorite film of all time, specifically in, for that. Rhea you know, Perman. thirty years that's going to be yeah. like a major, like influential yeah. film for someone. So, 100%. yeah, Rio Perlman, gem, hidden gem in the movie. I mean, the you know, in the advertising, you know, whatever. But she's she's yeah, she's brilliant in every scene that she's in. Yeah, absolutely. What do we think about the montage at the end? It worked fantastic for me. Brilliant. I was Brilliant. shaking. You mean the I montage of, of breaking the patriarchy? No, no, no. So of all, no, no, of no, all no, the no, real no, no, women. That, the, oh, yes. Barbie that, becoming a yes, real woman. Okay, I'm following you. Because those, those were all production friends, aunts, women, like mothers, sisters, yeah. you know, all that was just like, those were all people who 
submitted those to the film. Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah. So I didn't yeah. cry because I was with our friend Megan Anton. I know she would have made fun of me. So I held I held in. I used that's, my masculinity listen, as a shield. Uh, to quote as a shield. That's to toxic quote Ken, masculinity. <laughs> that is that is Ken is willing to cry. And yeah, that is what that cry. is blonde fragility. And uh, <laughs> yeah, blonde fragility. I will show you this meme. This is a visual bit, but so my friend Matt, who I live with right now, we've been friends since we were 13 years old. I made this meme after the movie. Can't really see it that well, but it is Babe Ruth calling his shot. And it says uh-huh. me after Oppenheimer. And then it says Matt making fun of me for crying at the Barbie uh-huh. movie. And then it's that. And then me walking out of the theater in tears and Matt <laughs> immediately pointing and laughing at me. So yeah, 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 yeah it was yeah. like, yeah, that was the kind of energy that, that, that I understand that desire to not cry at that 100 <laughs> percent. but it was it was so touching and honestly what brought the film all there like yeah. greta gerwig made a film that was funny and you know pointed and hilarious but there was you could tell that there was humans yeah are there any like points of criticism that people really want to touch i just want i the only two i really want to touch is my soapbox part two and the ending and sort of the metatextual possibilities with that yeah i i want to yes. hear what your opinions are on like the like the closing scene because i i yes. i, I want to see what kind of where we kind okay. of differ in that in that yeah so the ending scene and, and this isn't like me reading the film as it is this is me stepping back and seeing how other people are gonna yeah. read the film and this is where the 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 film criticism comes in which is this is a film about what it means to be a woman Already, there is a lot of discourse in that space in feminism itself. Yeah. What I am getting at is at the end of the movie, sport, big spoiler alert for the final punchline of the film, but we see Barbie getting ready. She's back with America Ferreira and her daughter and, and the husband who just gets yada yada, which is, I think, that's America but- Ferreira's actual husband. <laughs> Oh, Fuck, that yeah, that's so, so, that's so funny. funny. That's so funny. But gets yada yada away. And we see her getting ready. And we are sort of led to assume that it's a job interview or she's something like that. She's wearing brown. She's got brown, the flat she's shoes. Wearing her she's in the human shoes. world. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and she walks in. She checks in. And she says, I'm here to see my gynecologist. Hilarious. The entire audience busted out laughing. Cut to credits. Good, great job, Greta Gerwig. Except for, I can definitely see a world in which... This is used as turf trans-exclusionary feminist literature. This is a film about what it means to be a woman. And while the things that are laid out are very true and are from a very specific perspective, it does leave some to be desired about those who are women, but, you know, don't have, don't go to a gynecologist. Yeah. Don't have female, they're not, you know, yeah vaginas yeah Yeah, they don't have internal sex organs yeah and and for people who have vaginas who who identify more with ken like yeah they're they're, you know part of the part of the ship part of the crew if you feel like a ken you're a ken sorry about it there (laughs) and that's and that's enough yeah and And and, i'm really good at doing stuff um (laughs) so okay i Yes, I see where you're coming from in the like the classic. This is what this is like what I meant and this is how it's being perceived mm-hmm. because in the absolute like kindness and caring that this film was made with, I don't mm-hmm. think that would ever be the intention, I but I can see that take. I think it yeah. is. I think they did they were truly just trying to do the callback to being like I don't have a vagina. He doesn't yes. have a penis. That's the yes. callback. I can see how it could be taken in that, like, 
that like, well, women, biological women are women and people, you know, like, like I can kind of see that Mm -hmm. discourse, but you do have trans actors in this movie. Oh, see, that's one thing I hadn't had time to look into, but there are trans. There are trans. Yes. Okay. Yes. That does make me feel quite a bit That is like, you know, and they don't, and they they don't say anything about it, and that's great. I don't want them to. Yeah, um, no, it's great. Don't put it like, on a banner and wave it in yeah, front of me. Exactly. Just let me accept we don't it. need to do that because yeah. we just like okay, that's a woman. That's what we're accepting. It doesn't matter what you yeah. look like with the whole thing. And so, like you know, I can see that stance. I think it is a genuine attempt at the callback, and that, that yes. is no, one hundred percent. I'm not playing that. I can, I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. But I think again, you're also we're also in this like weird limbo between like. The gender revolution, I guess, is what I'm going to mm-hmm. call it, as what it's been kind yeah, of coined, and the like, because like you have these two kind of like races going at the same time, where you have mm-hmm. you know the tr- the the gender revolution and like the women's rights kind of thing, and they're both kind of mm-hmm. running the same race and keeping pace at different times, but moving at different rates. Yeah. And yeah. so you have like, okay, what is equality for women and what is equality for all women is a very mm-hmm. like. That is like a distinction, but it like is significant in some, you know, at some points. So I, I do see how that could be taken in that way, but also mm-hmm. I don't, it's not that like I wasn't blame the them. Yeah, no, no, I'm not saying that, but that's intent. Like, okay. you know, it's not the intention at all, but I'm not saying that it's like, you know, it would ever be exclusionary, but it's also like for women, like, you know, the race is pushing ahead in this movie in different yes. ways. So yeah. I don't, yeah. So I, I, I definitely sense, uh, I, maybe this just leads into my second soapbox that I can hop into. This is a very specific yes. like it is for all women, but there is a good slice of the pie that is left out, which is it is a white women in a white men's movie. There there Issa Rae is in the movie. She plays the president. None of her culture is actually displayed in this movie. My roommate, Malika, has been working with some people. I'm not going to say anything anything to specifics of it, but they were talking about diversity and inclusion, including black people and, and other race people. This is not diversity, right? Because you are not showing that culture, that side of things. And honestly, I kind of do think this film would have been helped by a little bit other flavors of patriarchy. I could see a world in which we see the black patriarchy and some, some black men on podcast saying some absolute shit about women. And we see, you know, the Latinx version of patriarchy and how they dissect and, and bring down women. And we see the East Asian and, yeah, and Southeast Asian all like, and the African, you know, all these different yeah. versions of what the patriarchy are. And I could see that heightening the film. I think this is where the sort of product of the movie suffers because of its source. I also think the movie as it is, is such a ridiculously tight streamlined experience Mm -hmm. and, and script. It's like, I feel like the movie is about, you know, I I don't know. I, I don't know how to, how to articulate this, but it's like not every movie has to be everything. At a certain I point, understand that, but that's not but to say that it couldn't be included somewhere. They could have, yes, give, they could have given you know a, a a a moment of spotlight at that because they had the filmmakers' patriarchy. Yeah, well, right, but also they had this. I, I I'm pointing out that this movie is is written by a man and a woman, both a white man and a woman. Yes, you know? exactly. So it's like 
that's ultimately you know, where my that's piece why of the criticism barbs, is I think yeah. were so strong. A yes. lot of it was the, you know, like the white patriarchy. It was, exactly. they had that dialed in. I'm not sure if they had added that stuff that it would have been additive to the film. I feel like it would have been, that's, they had a chance to be cringe or not funny or they needed another I mean, writer. Tyler, okay, to be fair, how much of this movie was cringe and not funny? There was room to play. There I was feel room. Like, and I, you could have taken out Will Ferrell's whole stuff. deal. Exactly. That's exactly. Go. Exactly. Yeah. You could have, so you could have yeah. peppered <laughs> some other flavors hey, of I'm misogyny by you. taking out Mr. Yeah. Will Ferrell trying to adopt yeah. queer culture and saying, call me mother. Get away from me. <laughs> Get Go exactly. have your like weird straight kiki somewhere else. Yes, that is Lock where my... Lock the doors like, tight. Have your yeah. kiki some other night, okay? I'm not about it. Yeah, so that is that is sort of where my main criticisms lie, is those two... Again, it's not the text. It's what's outside of the text that is yeah, left yeah. out. Much like Oppenheimer, there are things that were just sort of left out that could subtract from the ultimate goal of this film. Interesting. Well... On that note, we have we've gone two hours. Do we want to do a quick staff picks before we go? Did I plug Jujutsu Kaisen season two? You yeah, did last you did time. Say yeah. Season, yeah, Shit. Okay. What else am I? What else? You guys go ahead. Uh, I did a Mona last time. Oh, big wreck! I watched this while I was at work. Don't tell my boss. But I was working while I was doing <laughs> it. I watched the 2007 film The Man from Earth. Have you guys heard of this movie? No. Uh, insane movie is very much like a play but is was written for screen essentially the premise is that this college professor is like skipping town really fast and a bunch of his college professors like buddies come to like bid him farewell and he basically reveals to them that he tells them that he's a 40,000 year old caveman who has lived for 40,000 years it's a really really interesting character study like a like group character study is really really interesting interesting i really really liked it mm. it was it was excellent it was very good and it I'm also is like very gonna, 2007 called? it's called the man from earth i think you would really like it tyler I'm gonna, yeah i'm gonna add it, it, it to my list i want to see that very much pull from like the the theater traditions and you can tell because it's like it's not an elevator play, but it's it's all contained Wait, within that- one day. Uh, it's a British, mm. I think it's a British-Canadian film. I don't know. But it, there's some interesting casting choices in there. But I like read it, and I thought it was going to be a little bit different, and it, it, it exceeded my expectations. It was absolutely spectacular. Tyler, what you got? I want to plug two things real quick. I mentioned it earlier, but I did watch JFK. Uh, If you do like talky biopic stuff, JFK is just a banger of a movie. If if you want to talk about like random actors showing up and giving a crazy performance for one scene and then disappearing, like John Candy playing like a New Orleans pimp lawyer and calling (laughs) Kevin Costner daddy-o and Kevin Bacon (laughs) to... saying Kevin Costner's hot. It has my favorite Kevin Bacon line where he's like, you've never been fucked in the ass because he plays a male <laughs> prostitute. It's just really good. Oh it's a God. good movie. And But uh, the one I actually want to uh, shout out uh, that we didn't do a full episode on is my guy, Tom, and uh, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part you 1. You're a big yeah. fan of this one. Fucking love we Mission Impossible. We might get Impossible. you a co-host. We might find one of our other co-hosts to do it. I with love those movies. I think I they're think the pinnacle of, action, of, of major action filmmaking between that and uh, John Wick. Uh, no one does it like my 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 main man, my main weird man, the uh, my, a weird Barbie in real life. 
Yeah, Tom Cruise. Honestly, a real I Ken. smell like basement Tom Cruise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, don't watch Secret Invasion. It's the worst thing Marvel has made, but we'll save All that right, for another Tyler, episode, you too. You can't just also, come out. Also, very excited for Good Omens. It dropped yesterday, and I'm very excited to yes. watch that. Oh, shit. Probably yeah. tomorrow. I'll probably be binging that. I think I'm going to go ahead and... It doesn't need plugging, but uh, talk about a film that does include everything across the Spider-Verse. Go see it if you oh, haven't seen God, it. So it's only going to be in theaters probably for another weekend or so. So go catch it if you can. Try to see it on the biggest screen you can. It's not going to be playing on your biggest screens because of uh, good old-fashioned Oppie. But it, I've seen it now for five times in it's theaters. It's spectacular. I saw it with my mom. I saw it with my girlfriend. I saw it with my friend. so hard to decide what my favorite movies from this year are. This has yeah. been such a gr- so far a great year for movies. And mm-hmm. it sucks that... So we're much back, is getting baby, delayed because you're back. Movies we're back, back and then we're well, not back. And then they're gone. And when they're going to be gone for a little bit, all of the big ones are leaving, but it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. And everything will be fine. Uh, That's it. We'll, we'll circle. We need to circle back around to across the spider verse, maybe around Oscar season. Yeah. When yeah that comes we'll back into the conversation. Uh, definitely. Yeah. When we get back to best Oscar picture season. winner, calling it now. I think it'll be it a could, it, could, it, it could pull a beauty in the beast and be nominated but I don't know if it's going to win best picture yeah, I, I don't know you know what it's a lot the academy is whack so we'll see next time I think we're going to come back with some sort of meet your hosts yeah, uh, type of things we're going yeah. to put together some pieces about sort of our favorite uh, movies and TV and sort of our credentials and uh, just so you can get to know us a little bit better yeah, you're gonna you're gonna get to get a little bit more insight into our psyches. Well, what we think about how we think about movies and TV and media, the stuff that got us into movies in the first place. You know, just just to get to know us a little bit better. And as we say every week on Hollywood Junior, I want to make movies, Mom. <laughs>